Hey, welcome to the Green Eggs and Sam Cane Violation crossover episode. Another year, another NBA draft. I'm with none other than Dan Greeny. Dan! What's up, Sam? How's it going today? We did. Another year. Another year. Kept the tradition going. Watched the draft. I, uh, I mean, I, God, the draft goes so late now. Can you, I fell asleep. When did I fall asleep? I think you made it till about 1230, I would say. And I think it ended at about 1250, 1255. You made it to about pick 52, 53. Um, I made it to about pick 58 at about <laughs> quarter to one. And that was enough for me too. I was so not much. as invested this year either with only two of my Kentucky Wildcats going this year. So. It is what it is. We'll have a better year next year, I'm sure, with the 2022 NBA draft for our teams. Yep, and then we'll definitely have a first-round pick, I'm sure, but who knows. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to do a crossover episode. So I've I've done all the teams except for the top teams in each division. So this will be the final week doing it. Uh, this week it will be the 76ers, Bucks, Hawks, Jazz, Suns, Mavericks. But at the same time, we're also going to go over all the uh, NBA draft picks in the first round at least. Uh, second round, we'll, uh, we'll pick out some ones and uh, I'll see who, uh, who you're familiar with. I, I don't know any of these guys, so <laughs> you're, you're going to have to help me out here. I've got the dirt on the second rounders. Don't worry about oh, that. thank God. Thank God. Uh, the number one pick, the Detroit Pistons. Lucky them. They got Cade Cunningham. Was there any doubt in your mind that, uh, well, did you, in your opinion, because I don't think I asked you this, did, did you think Cade was just the best player to pick at this spot? Was there anyone who you thought could also go one? I felt like at the college level, Last season, he was head and shoulders above anybody else as far as projecting towards the number one pick in the NBA draft. I didn't get to see Jalen Green too much. I heard a lot of Jalen Green chatter as the draft approached, like in in the later days leading up to the draft, maybe three, four days before the draft. I heard there was a possibility number one could be Jalen Green or even Evan Mobley out of USC, and I was pretty surprised by that because – Cade Cunningham had certainly separated himself on the college level as the best pro prospect going into this draft. So in my mind, there was no doubt. Like, you could not go wrong. Just don't even think about it. Take Cade Cunningham and go from there. Build from there. Um, But we'll see what happens with Jalen Green. It sounds like he's got tremendous upside. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it it looks like Cade is, uh, you know, probably going to get a ton of playing time right off the bat so he can he play shooting guard a little bit he's listed as a point guard here most definitely he's got the shooting guard size even small forward size if he bulks up a little bit more six seven point guard uh, prototype anywhere on the wing could definitely defend multiple positions he's going to get better defensively he's not a finished product defensively but I even said to you during the draft, offensively, I feel like he's a poor man's Luka Doncic at this point. 
He doesn't shoot it quite like Luka, but he's got all the other offensive tools in his toolbox to help make people around him better. So as he continues to develop that three-point jump shot, that NBA three, that's who he should be watching film on. Like some people say, LeBron, okay, I get that. LeBron's like a tank, though. He's not built like that. So if he bulks up a little bit more, he'll be more like a Luka type of player, I would say. Mm Mm-hmm. More athletic than Luca, though, right? Could be. I mean, it's funny because on the broadcast, it was interesting to hear one of the commentators saying, so the knock on him, the only knock on him, is that he's not a freak athlete. He's just Uh, a really good athlete. So Mm -hmm. he's above average, but he he doesn't have that freak, that quote-unquote freak athlete athleticism. So we'll see how far it can go for him. But Luca doesn't have that either. No, Luca didn't even, like, I don't think Dwayne Wade ever had that, really. He was probably a little bit more of a plus athlete than Cade Cunningham. But again, it's not a knock on him in any way. It's just not jump out of the gym type of hops. Yeah. Yeah, that's never a guarantee when you have a a jump out of the gym type of guy. Uh, Just look at Jeff Green. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Although he's still in the league. Give him credit. So looking at the Pistons roster here, they've made some moves uh, as of today. Actually, they just waived Corey Joseph. His uh, contract was partially guaranteed in the final year. It was, uh, well, total, it would have been $12 million if they brought him back, but I think it was partially guaranteed for, uh, I want to say it was around 3 or $4 million, so... Yeah, the Pistons, they wanted to clear up some cap space. Corey Joseph, he's you know, he's 29. They they can get uh you know, a better young project in there with the cap space, whatever. It's really Jeremy Grant is their only high-paid player. He's making 20 million next year. So, they have some uh some space to go out and get a center. And I was looking at some of the free agent centers. Jared Allen, Cavs. I mean, are they? They could they could throw some money at Jared Allen. Maybe get him, and uh, you know, then you got a starting lineup of Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, uh, Sadiq Bay, or Isaiah Stewart, whoever they want to start. I think it was uh, who started more games last year. Let me look right here. Uh, Sadiq Bay started a lot more games. Sadiq Bay started 53 games. Uh, Isaiah Stewart only started 14, but both pretty good first-round picks. The the Pistons did a nice job drafting last year. They had three first-round picks, and turns out their their other later picks were better than uh, their high pick with Killian Hayes, but you don't want to give up on Killian Hayes just yet. It's just been one year. So, see how he plays with Cade. Um, but, yeah, if you can get Jared Allen in the mix there, they're looking good. And then, uh, who knows, maybe they'll bring back your guy Diallo, possibly. Would be nice. He's improved as an NBA player. I wasn't so sure about him when he was at Kentucky, but winning a slam dunk contest, he's starting to develop a jump shot from what I've seen. He was okay with OKC a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yep. So now we move on to number two. The Houston Rockets picked 
Jalen Green from the G League Ignite. Teammates with Amir Johnson. Pretty cool. Uh, I remember there was some murmurs that it was going to be Evan Mobley here. Um, what, wait, did, did Houston make the right pick, you think? Is this the second best player in the draft with the most upside? So rumor has it that this G League guy, Jalen Green, is probably the best scorer in this draft. Like He's got a great disposition, wanted to be a pro, obviously, rather than going and playing big-time college basketball last season. Sees himself as a pro already before ever playing an NBA game and has made some money to show that as a pro. Scored the ball well in the G League versus guys much older than him in most cases. And Houston needs everything as far as we know, correct? Depending on what they do in free agency, they obviously have a plan, but we don't know that plan as of right now. And it looks like they were going for best available and it sounds like he was 1A on the list right behind Cade Cunningham as far as prospects. So that's not a knock against Evan Mobley, and I'm sure he's going to have a fine career too. But maybe they felt like they could get something more comparable as far as a big later on in the draft, whereas this is probably the best wing scorer in this draft, it sounds like. So I'm not going to knock the Houston Rockets for taking this guy at number two. Yeah, I wonder if... Maybe the fact that they already had Christian Wood, that that was a big factor, and choosing Green over Mobley, perhaps. So Green's more of a wing, you'd say? Is he a swing? Yeah, it sounds like he's a two-guard, and probably once he fills out a little bit, he could probably defend some three at 6'6". I think they list him at 180 right now, but... Typically, he'll probably fill out to like 200, 210, you would think, Mm. once he grows into his body as a pro. So, yeah, he's definitely a scoring guard at this point in his career. Oh, yeah, he'll have the green light. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. You you do still have John Wall there, but they're going to cater more to Jalen Green than John Wall right now. So, Wall... Maybe you can play Green and Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, and then Christian Wood, perhaps. Oh, yeah, they have Daniel House for another year, $3.8 million. He doesn't need to start, though. They can bring him off the bench. So, yeah, it's crazy. With all these players off the books, they still have, like, nearly $90 million in a salary owed just because John Wall's contract is $44.3 million. And then next year, he's got a player option, 47.3. I wonder if he'll take it. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe he'll want to leave Texas for whatever reason. But probably not. So, yeah. Be a nice little rebuild here. Probably be a couple more years till uh, you know we can expect to see the Rockets in the playoffs. So hats off to Houston. Rebuild looking good so far. So let's move on to the next pick. The Cleveland Cavaliers picked Evan Mobley. 
So do you remember what I said to you as soon as they picked this guy? I was just thinking about this as a matter of fact. It's funny you bring it up. You were saying, I mean, there's the door for Jared Allen pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, this was, you know, a pretty nice uh, piece they got. And it was all involved in the James Harden trade. A lot of, it was like a four-team trade, a lot of different salaries going out. So it was, was kind of nice that the Cavs got him. So it's like, oh, you know, Cavs got their future center here, the the pair with Garland and Sexton. But when you have a center like Mobley available in the draft, got to take him more higher upside. Um, I, I keep hearing that Mobley is like the quintessential modern day NBA center. Would would you agree with that or no? So it's kind of hard to necessarily define what that's going to be because I feel like it kind of changes year to year a little bit. What I think of as the quintessential NBA big anymore is the guy that can step out, stretch the floor, not necessarily call him a stretch five, but at least maybe take the other big out of the lane, maybe knock down an 18-footer type of thing. And he's got the potential to do that. He hasn't had to do that yet on the collegiate level. Like, he could dominate mostly in the paint. But the shot is not broken. He's a decent free throw shooter. It looks like there's potential there to expand out potentially to the three-point line. But he's going to make his hay in the paint early in his career, probably similar to Jared Allen. And this guy is a proficient shot blocker. Jared Allen's also a decent shot blocker, I believe. He's going to rebound the ball. He's a little lean at this point. He's going to have to bulk up like many bigs at that age. And he seems to be very, very mobile in pick and roll type of defense, which you need to be in the NBA in this day and age. So as far as that goes, maybe defensively, I would call him the quintessential NBA new age big man. But he's got some work to do offensively, expanding out to hopefully the three-point line at some time. But there's definitely potential there for that. Do you think there's any chance that they would bring back Allen and have a, a Twin Towers kind of front court here, play Mobley at the four? That seems like such a rare thing in yeah, this day and age in the NBA. It never seems to work when they try it either. I would have loved to have seen that because that's kind of a throwback to my late 90s NBA when I was truly still an NBA fan. Like mm-hmm. you said, I'm catching back on these last couple of years, but it doesn't look like it happens very much. Maybe you could do that because of the mobility of the two of them. One of them would be able to step out and defend on the wing a little bit, you know, the stretch fours on the other team. But it seems like nobody really wants to go there yet. Maybe things swing back that way in the next few years, but I would imagine you're probably right. That's probably it for Jared Allen when they picked him. Yeah, that's and they still have Kevin Love there. I know they're trying to trade him, but, uh, hey, no one wants him. (laughs) So. How much is he? He's making a lot of money. Let's see. Kevin Love, $31 million. All right, so he's not making John Wall money, but still making a lot for uh, what he produces, I'd say. They just traded Tory and Prince. Actually, I, I can't recall who they got back. Oh, Ricky Rubio. They have Ricky Rubio now. 
forgot about that. For now, right? Yeah, for now. Yeah, more trades could happen. It's kind of madness right now. I, yeah, there were there was rumors that they were making Sexton available, but I think that was to move up to two or possibly even one, which was a complete long shot. Not going to happen. So uh, it seems like for now that those rumors have kind of died down. I'd imagine they would just bring back Sexton, Garland. You got Okoro at the three. Uh, probably going to start Love at the four. And then you got uh, Mobley here. That's probably your opening day lineup, I'd say. Ricky Rubio is the backup making $15 million. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Could be worse. Could be worse. I know they've been trying to trade Kevin Love for a while. Unless um, someone wants him. I, I mean, I don't know. It seems like all these like big salaries are starting to switch hands. Like Westbrook, John Wall, Kemba Walker's gone now, Kevin Love. Like It's kind of like musical chairs with all these salaries. Like, But let's move on to the number four pick. Scotty Bonds to the Toronto Raptors. I know you like this guy, Greeny. No doubt about it. You, uh, you, you thought he could go even higher, right? He was one of your favorite guys in the draft. Most definitely. I mean, obviously, where a guy gets drafted depends mostly on the draft order. But I felt like if you ranked these prospects, at least as far as college prospects go, he was right near the top of the list. He's not Cade Cunningham but he does have a similar skill set, and I would have put him right up there. Maybe number three, but definitely definitely top three, but possibly even number two as far as the college players in this draft. I like Jalen Suggs a lot as well, and we'll get to him. Many people thought this pick might be Jalen Suggs at this point, but they went Scotty Barnes, and I can't knock them for that at all. No. Oh. Yeah, and as soon as he was picked, Kendrick Perkins was like, "Oh, that's it for Siakam." I I don't know about that. Don't don't they play sort of different positions? So technically, Scotty Barnes is listed as a power forward, but right now, there's not a lot of power in his game. I believe he's six nine, two twenty, somewhere in that range. He did play power forward. In high school, he was actually Cade Cunningham's high school teammate. Although most of his minutes at Florida State this past season in his freshman year were at the point guard spot at 6'9", 220. So that's a really unique skill set. And he can rebound like a four-man. He can defend four-mans. Maybe not so much in the NBA, but once he bulks up a little bit, He's going to play a lot of minutes on the wing, but he's also going to be able to play some point guard minutes for you going forward. Not sure that they're going to need that too much in Toronto with Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn potentially emerging. But he has a very unique skill set, can play anywhere on the floor, one through four, very versatile, has to develop a jump shot a little bit better. Again, like Evan Mobley, the shot is not broken. He's just got to work towards having a consistent three-point shot because he hasn't needed to so much yet in his career. But he'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some trade rumors. Um, this was way before the draft. It was like 
maybe a few weeks before, uh, talking about Siakam going to the Warriors and some kind of deal where the Raptors would get back Wiggins and James Wiseman. That would be a pretty complicated deal to uh, figure out financially, but I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. The Raptors don't have a center right now. They're playing Aaron Baines a lot at center last year, and I love my guy Aaron Baines, Mr. All of Australia, but he is going to be 35 this year, and uh, it's a team option, $7.3 million. that's that's bye bye. He's he's not getting brought back for that kind of money, and uh, they have this guy uh, Chris Boucher, pretty decent decent center, a little undersized, but uh, he's he's more of a backup backup power forward. Maybe he can play a little center. So yeah, maybe maybe this is something that will develop into the summer. Uh, the Warriors uh, sending Wiseman over to the Raptors. That would uh, that would be interesting. But in the meantime, I think you you still can have uh, Siakam, Van Vliet, uh, Barnes, and Anobi, and then maybe just sign uh, some kind of center best available for whatever's left. I mean, Kyle Lowry, he's probably not coming back, so maybe they'll do a sign-and-trade so they can get something in return for Lowry leaving. That's always a possibility. But it's very clear this is not uh, a finished roster here. And, uh, of course, you're picking someone number four. You're going to give them... As much playing time as possible, I'd say. So uh, I know Siakam won a ring with uh, the Raptors a couple years back. Interestingly enough, there was some there's some rumors that he was, uh, you know, being a little disruptive in the locker room. I can't remember if this was during the bubble or early last year. I think it was early last year when this happened but they just they just suspended him i think it was for two games actually and kind of went under the radar and um i I think the explanation was that he was doing stuff detrimental to the team never never really clear exactly what it was but uh probably not the best sign but you know if you're rebuilding you got this guy, Siakam. He's 27. I know he's the same age as Fred Van Vliet, but, you know, maybe you're trying to go a little younger, perhaps. I still think they should keep Van Vliet, though. Van Vliet's one of my favorite NBA players not on the Celtics. I would love it the Celtics somehow got him. So, yeah, maybe the Raptors should go full rebuild. Then, uh, then we can uh, cop... Cobble up some salary, you know. We could do uh, Josh Richardson, Chris Dunn for Fred, Fred Van Vliet. Bingo! There you go. We got our new starting point guard. Come on, pull the trigger, Raptors. Come on, come on. Um, other than that, yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably see more Malachi Flynn. He uh, he did well at the end of uh, last season, getting some uh, extended minutes while they were tanking. 
And uh, I would not expect to see Rodney Hood back. That's a uh, that's another thing. His uh, his salary is not fully guaranteed next year. It's partial. Ten point eight million dollars. He only ended up on the Raptors as a way to match salaries to acquire uh, Gary Trent Jr. That's another thing. Gary Trent. I completely forgot. He's a restricted free agent, and uh, I'm sure. The Raptors aren't gonna want to let him walk, so I could I could see them maybe re-signing him. So then, you know, maybe you're not starting OG Anobi in uh in the starting lineup. Maybe you're going Van Vliet, Gary Trent, Barnes, Siakam, then plug in some kind of center. I don't know if Anobi's going to be cool with that, though. I know he just signed an extension, so I guess he doesn't have to worry about uh, money anymore. I'm just going to w- make one more quick comment on Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Uh, he's a very selfless player, and even as a top-10 recruit this past season at Florida State, he was often the sixth man on a very good Florida State team, so he's comfortable coming off the bench, too. There was no ego involved, and... It wouldn't be a surprise to me if he started out the season coming off the bench, playing wow. major minutes off the bench. Though, wow, yeah, that, uh, yeah, if he's that kind of personality, yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, this what um, the Celtics did with Jalen Brown when he first came. Although I think Brown was pretty aware he was, you know, joining a playoff team, and there were people ahead of him on the depth chart, so he had to prove himself. So, I guess we will wait and see. I we gotta see what moves uh, the Raptors make before we have a final decision here on uh, whether Barnes will start or not. So next up is the Orlando Magic at number five. They picked Jalen Suggs, and then they had another pick at number eight, Franz Wagner, brother. Of Celtic legend Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner, he had uh, a couple buckets and uh, probably three dozen turnovers, I think, within uh, five games. So, uh, yeah, we got rid of him. But now they're both on the Magic, apparently. So that's great. You like Jalen, though. You like Jalen Suggs a lot. This is a good pickup for them. Yeah. So coming into last season, as far as the college hoop season goes, the two most ballyhooed recruits were definitely Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs. So while I wouldn't put his pro potential on the same level as Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs is right there with Scotty Barnes, with Evan Mobley. And I feel like a lot of people thought he would go higher than number five in this draft. So... That's definitely a steal for the Orlando Magic. What they're going to do with all these guards is yet to be seen. Cole Anthony was a good pick last year. You can play Suggs on or off the ball. He's a little bit small for a shooting guard, but he can do it because he's strong. He's physically strong. He was Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball in the state of Minnesota as a senior. Got recruited to play quarterback at many Big Ten schools, including Minnesota, Ohio State, etc., So this guy is a physical specimen that's not going to back down from anybody on the wing. 
and can play a little bit of point guard for you too. So this is a home run at number five. In a lot of drafts, this is the number one or number two pick potentially. Does it make sense to have him play besides Cole Anthony, or does Anthony have to come off the bench now? I would play the two of them as a tandem. Okay. And it looks like Markel Fultz might end up being relegated to the bench. Yeah, he might not be healthy either to begin the season. So, I mean, this Markel Fultz, he's he's had the opportunity to show whether he's a starting point guard or not. There's been times where he's... Uh, you know, he shined a little bit, but uh, for the most part, it, it, it he just might be a six-man, unfortunately. Um, I know it's not the best outcome for a number one pick, but, hey, at least you're still in the league. At least you're not Anthony Bennett, you know? Like, still a respected, decent player. Fixed his shot a little bit. I know he was uh, the butt of many jokes. In Philadelphia, sadly. But they got a good young core here now. They got uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Maybe Mo Bamba's going to prove himself. I doubt it, but maybe. And they got Jonathan Isaac, too, when he gets healthy. So they got a couple good wing players. Wendell Carter and uh, Isaac. And... uh, this is the year for uh, for uh, Bamba to to prove that he's a starting center. If uh, that's not the case, then they well, let's see who they have on their roster. Mo Wagner. That's right. They got the brother of Franz. <laughs> well, let's talk about Franz a little bit. Sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot here. But no problem. I know you were telling me during the draft you're like I don't know, I think I think this this he's got picked a little high. Yeah. So as much as I like this Jalen Suggs pick at number five for the Orlando Magic, to me, this is a bit of a stretch. And obviously I wasn't at the NBA combine or the individual workouts, but Michigan is on T V all the time on national T V. And I've gotten to see Mo, I'm sorry, Franz Wagner play all the time the last couple of years. And he has developed as a player. But I'm not sure he's quite a lottery pick. I could be wrong about this, obviously. But from what I see, he's a plus shooter for the most part. He's going to knock down open threes. He's a very good defender. He's got long arms. But I'm not sure that the athleticism is there to defend like NBA threes or stretch fours. We'll see. He's a little bit thin to defend four men. And I'm not sure that he's got the foot speed to defend really good threes in the NBA. Again, he's going to be able to stretch the floor, knock down shots, probably be an effective offensive player. But I wonder about him defensively as far as the number eight pick in the draft. Uh, maybe he could have used another year at Michigan. I think there was some consideration in going back to school for one more year with Jawan Howard. That's like A-plus tutelage. So he's had really good coaching at Michigan and was on very good teams. Um, and I wish him the best, but I wouldn't expect big things year one. Um, and oftentimes, I feel like when you're drafting in the lottery, you're looking for potential all-stars. I don't see him as an all-star. He might mm. stick in the league for a long time, but I think 
the all-star hopes for a lot of these guys as lottery picks, that would be a stretch. Yeah. Well, is his game pretty similar to his brother's for the most part? Or was it really obvious that Franz was a much better college player? So that's very interesting that you ask that because yeah. they're very different players. Oh, really? And as a matter of fact, Mo Wagner was probably a much better college player than oh, Franz, I would say. So, again, pro potential and what you end up doing as a pro definitely is not the same thing as what you do in college. So, Mo Wagner had a great college career, led Michigan to the national championship game a few years ago. And Franz Wagner was not necessarily even the star of his team at any time. Mo Wagner was a college basketball star, and it hasn't panned out as of yet in the NBA He's another guy that probably could have used another year at Michigan when he left early. But um, Franz Wagner's definitely more of a wing player, likes to step out and shoot the three, whereas Mo Wagner is more of a back-to-the-basket type of big, or at least he was at Michigan. And now in the NBA, he's trying to develop his wing game, stepping out, shooting threes. And that's what hasn't worked out for him as much. And he's not necessarily big enough to go in and bang with five men all the time. So that's where he has struggled. So we'll see if, if Franz can develop a little bit more in the NBA. But, yeah, it was it was Mo as the better player at Michigan. So he's definitely a center. Franz, d- definitely a center. No, maybe a Franz, four, Franz, four. Is, Franz is a four, maybe a three. Definitely not a five. So he's not going to start right away then. If Isaac is healthy and Wendell Carter's playing, he's definitely not going to start. I'd say starting lineup's probably going to be Cole Anthony, and they'll do uh, Suggs. And then you got um, Wendell Carter, Isaac, probably Bamba. They'll they'll probably get Bamba the starting nod just to give him some confidence, whatever. Whether he steps up to the plate, who knows. So unless any other moves are made, this is Jonathan Isaac's backup, basically. Yeah. Well, at least, uh, at least uh, they they most likely hit on Suggs. So, you know, if it doesn't work out with Wagner, not the end of the world. It's like they had an extra pick, and uh, that Vucevic trade, you know, looking good right now. Looking good. They, uh, I, I mean. What were they going to be the eighth seed again, anyways? Like it, it was. They probably should have done this a couple of years ago, perhaps. Maybe they should have done it last year. But um, it, it's good. They still had time. They they got rid of a lot of their guys. The only really leftover guy from that era is Terrence Ross. They could still flip him. He's making twelve point five million this year. Then eleven point five after that. They got Michael Carter Williams still on the roster, making three million dollars. Uh, yeah, so there's opportunity there. If uh, you know Gary Harris is on this roster, making twenty million, so you know perhaps another team has some extra bad salary overachieving this year and uh, want to get better. They can say, oh, let's get Terrence Ross. He can help us out." And we'll do the number six pick here. The Oklahoma City Thunder pick Josh Giddy. 
I, I don't have much on him. You don't either, really? Not so much. I know he's Australian. Uh, he's a taller guard that can play point guard or two, it sounds like. It'll be interesting to see how he pairs with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who can do the same thing. You could play either of them on or off the ball, it sounds like. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out for them. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the Thunder took who they thought was the best available. They uh, pretty much have an open roster. I'd say Shea Gilgis-Alexander is their only player that they really view as a, a long-term prospect for the most part. I'd say maybe Pokashevsky. Who knows? Uh, Theo Madeline as well. Uh, Dort. Perhaps they like him a lot, but uh, other than that, yeah, they they just wanted to pick who they thought had the most upside, and uh, they felt like it was Giddy. And uh, yeah, this this roster clearly uh, is going to have uh, a few more makeovers uh, as the summer goes on. Uh, they have Kemba Walker right now. He's uh, traded for Al Horford. I uh, I think. The Thunder have uh, an opportunity to flip Kemba for another pick, possibly. Maybe a first-rounder's pushing it, but maybe they can at least get a second-rounder if one of these guys on uh, their big, fat contracts uh, around the league is underperforming and Kemba has a nice season. Our next pick is the Golden State Warriors. So these guys... The old uh, juggernaut of the league. Still got most of those guys. They had two first-round picks in this draft. Two lottery picks. They picked Jonathan Kaminga at 7. And then Moses Moody at 14. Now, look. I don't watch the G League too often. I know you don't either. Not at all. Uh, I don't. It probably wasn't on TV if it was on tv it was probably on like espn news or something like that and i know a lot of cable providers might not have that it might only be espn espn2 so we apologize i mean mostly greeny but <laughs> we don't know too much about kaminga although you know about his recruitment you know about yes. his recruitment. So I do get ESPN news here, but I did choose not to watch the G League too often. <laughs> I don't even know if it was on that channel. Very briefly. Probably it not. was occasionally on NBA Network, but it was usually reruns at like midnight. So <laughs> it was not something that was on TV, like readily accessible all the time. Yeah. But yes, I did know about Jonathan Kaminga's recruitment and the fact that he has Emmanuel Moutier as a cousin. Uh, I guess former NBA player at this point. Yep. But that's some good pedigree. He is from New Jersey. All the major programs in the country wanted him. I think there was some questions about his grades coming into school. He reclassified a grade up so he could go to the G League. Like this past season, he would have been a senior in high school or potentially a freshman in college, but he chose to go the G League route. And who can blame you for doing that? Would you rather make some money playing in the G League if you can or being a high school senior? I would totally do that. You can't knock him for that. Sounds like he's a great, I'm going to use this word, freak athlete. I don't know if that's really appropriate, but this is a jump out of the gym type of guy. 
who had some deficiencies offensively, it sounds like, but that can be worked out in an 18-, 19-year-old kid. He's obviously going to develop his game behind some of the best offensive players in NBA history, so he'll get some pointers from these guys. Yeah, I I don't think we have the the final roster, really, um, determined for the Warriors. I think there's some more moves to be made. I... I guess they were a little unhappy with Wiseman. Draymond was yelling at him a lot. It's never the best sign. I mean, he's a kid. He's learning. But, uh, like I mentioned before, there were the Siakam rumors. And this is a team. They're going to be competing for a championship next year. That is why they were comfortable with... uh, you know, paying Wiggins all this money, getting that big Wiggins contract. Although they kind of had to do that to make the D'Angelo Russell trade work. But um, even getting, uh, what's his face, Kelly Oubre. He's not coming back, by the way. There's no way they're going to bring him back. It's just, it would cost too much money. I mean, even too much money for these billionaires. <laughs> but... um yeah, these guys are probably going to have to come off the bench because Clay is back, Curry, Wiggins, Green, and then I guess you're starting Wiseman or Looney. So then you got a bench of these guys. And, you know, that might be nice. The pressure's off them for now. <laughs> but as they start, you know, maybe winning more games having more responsibility not to mention they have jordan Poole, who also really stepped it up so this guy's gonna come off the bench too or maybe he starts and you play clay at the three and have wiggins come off the bench i think we're gonna see a lot of different starting lineups and um i i think there's more moves to be made with this roster so I don't think there's there's too much of a point uh, talking a lot about this. Um, although you know some some stuff about Moody, anything in particular you want yeah, to share? Yeah, if you recall, uh, one of the things I mentioned when they made this pick was the fact that it seemed like almost a duplicate of Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole had really stepped up in this past season for Golden State with all the injuries they had on the wing. He really improved his game. It looked like. Uh, But Moses Moody is known as a high-character kind of guy. Very good shooter. Again, not a freak athlete, but very, very good athlete. Um, So he's going to be more of a shooter on the wing. Could definitely learn some things from Klay Thompson. But I would think Jordan Poole would have a leg up on him with his NBA experience. Mm. So, again, it's a lottery pick. Uh, but I don't know how many minutes he's going to get on this team with all the wings that they have already, even if they don't bring Oubre back. Um, but we've seen Damian Lee and Michael Mulder in those roles the past couple years. This guy should be an upgrade from them, but I don't know if he's taking minutes away from Jordan Poole. Probably not. I'd say Poole really stepped up and – there were uh, a lot of murmurs that Poole was not available in any of these Siakam trades, which kind of caught me off guard at first. It's like, really? Was Poole that good? And I had to go back and look, and yeah, he was, he was very solid. 
So I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. Do these two picks potentially raise some red flags towards that possible trade? Like, would those two pieces be something that maybe Toronto would be interested in, you think? I guess that is possible. I think there's a rule, though, if... I think it's uh you have to wait two months or something uh or once you sign once they sign their contracts you have to wait two months to trade them like what happened with Wiggins, Wiggins yeah. and Kevin Love yeah. back in the day. Um. So yeah, maybe they'll leave them unsigned and possibly, you know, not even play them in summer league. Yeah, I think I think there's just definitely more moves to be made here, but. I do think they're they're going to be much better next year with a healthy Clay Thompson, and uh, I think they very well could be a top four team in the West if uh, everything goes as planned. I'd say uh, Curry playing well. Uh, he, I mean, he was he was so good last year; it was incredible. At his age, Green's going to have to step it up. We'll see if he uh, see if he shows up, and then. Uh, I think uh, I think they'll bring Ke- Kevon Looney back. We'll see, but yeah, then they have that bench of Mulder, Toscano, Anderson. They like a lot. Next up is the Sacramento Kings picking at number nine. They picked what do you know? Another point guard, Davion Mitchell. Uh. Greeny, can this guy play with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton? Does it even make sense to start all three of them or no? So that's a very interesting question. And as you know, I try to be very positive with most of my analysis, I guess you could say. Like I'm not super critical of any team or decision that's made. Uh, But I'm not so sure about picking another point guard in this situation he can play off the ball and I guess theoretically De'Aaron Fox could too and Tyrese Halliburton does have three-man size six seven six eight but he's a little bit thin Mm -hmm. so I suppose you could start all three of them and Davion Mitchell could potentially guard a lot of wing twos and you have Fox on the one and then have Halliburton guard some three men I guess it's within the realm of possibility but I don't know that it would be recommended. Um, So I'm thinking he's probably going to be a sixth man. And you slide Halliburton into the starting backcourt this year with Fox. I'm not sure what they would do for a three-man at that point. Uh, But, yeah, I love Davion Mitchell as a player. He's the National Defensive Player of the Year out of Baylor. Again, can play on and off the ball. A couple years ago, Javon Carter was known as probably the best wing defender in recent memory in college basketball, and Davion Mitchell is rivaling that. Uh, Javon Carter has not arrived yet in the NBA because of some offensive deficiencies. Davion Mitchell is a much better shooter. Uh, But it's going to be interesting to see what they do over there in Sacramento. It's a little bit of a stretch to start all three of them, though, I would say. Yeah, it seems kind of crazy to do that. They still have Harrison Barnes on the roster. Buddy Heald was uh, apparently traded, and then the Lakers were like, oh, never mind, we want Westbrook. (laughs) But uh, maybe it can still happen. I heard uh, 
from uh, the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor. He was saying that, oh, well, the Lakers could sign and trade Dennis Schroeder and then bring over Buddy Heald, but uh, that would seem very complicated. Another point guard. Yeah, yeah, just what they need, just what they need. Maybe they'd have to do a three-teamer there. Um, I can't see Barnes. I, I, there's no way Heald is is coming back to this team next year. That That is my bold prediction. I don't even think it's that bold, but I'm just going to say he is not going to be on the Kings at the beginning of next year. They're, especially since he's already like been rumored to have been traded, he's not going to want to come back. They're, they're going to have to move him. Bagley has really disappointed so far in the NBA. There were murmurs of possibly moving him. Um, but you know it's okay because uh, the Kings just acquired Tristan Thompson, and let me say, as a Celtics fan, you guys are lucky. You guys just really lucked out with this one. Really happy for you guys. Wink, wink. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure everything will go great in the locker room and everything like that. <laughs> Maybe you guys will bring back Rashawn Holmes. I don't know. I don't know. Sacramento, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got De'Aaron Fox. He's the man. He's good. You got another guy, Halliburton. Good. Wouldn't you not want to piss them off? I mean, I know you're always picking the best guy available, but I don't know. Do you really have to bring another point guard? Who who should they have picked, Greeny? So after this, let me let me grab my laptop here very quickly. Sure. I uh, this is this is crazy that they they would really do this. So I'm glad to let you be the critical one in situations like this because I'm not going to rip the organizations because you have more knowledge of them anyway, and I don't want to rip the player. Again, Davion Mitchell is an excellent player, and I think he's going to stick in the NBA for a long time. I just don't know that this is the proper fit, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Simple as a very next pick, which we're going to get to, obviously, <laughs> Zaire Williams who's a little bit more of a scoring guard. This is somebody that could potentially step in for a Buddy Heald or for a Harrison Barnes once they move on. He's naturally from California, went to Stanford. Not necessarily a hometown boy, but somebody that people in California are familiar with and could get excited about and rally behind. I could say that it could be as simple as that. He's a 6'6", 6'7", wing similar to Halliburton. Davion Mitchell is 6'2", you know, can only play the point guard, maybe defend some twos. But you've got an all-star potential point guard and De'Aaron Fox on the team already. Doesn't make sense. Year after year after year after year after year. That's what it seems like. Longest playoff drought. They're they're in NBA hell right now. It's 
no other way to really slice it. Maybe the Timberwolves were at one point, but hey, at least they they uh, made the playoffs in the last ten years. The Kings have just been just a joke. The, the it's been the the team that other GMs take advantage of in trades. When it seems like things are getting better. It just goes south very quickly. It's really too bad. It's really too bad. Um, it just seems like they've been rebuilding, retooling for the past 12 years. and Nothing's really happened more than 12 years. What am I saying? So, I don't know. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, hey, maybe the Kings will be great this year and prove us wrong. That happens sometimes. Here's the hoping. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they can uh, shuffle them out, get another pick. That's uh, That seems to be what Sam Presti does best. Right now we got another pick uh, for trading uh, the, the one that uh, the Celtics gave them. Traded uh, the 16th pick for uh, two future picks from Houston. Unbelievable. So let's move on to... We did Mitchell. At number 10. Now this pick was traded. Originally it was the Pelicans pick, but it was traded to Memphis. And uh, Memphis ended up picking Zaire Williams out of Stanford. Did you get to watching Stanford games this uh, this year? I did have the opportunity to see them play a bunch this year, and this kid was fun to watch. He stood out immediately in the few games that I saw. It looks like he's got the ability to be a big-time scorer at some point in his career. Uh, this is a kid who played first of all, big-time high school basketball at Sierra Canyon High School with B.J. Boston, someone we'll talk about later in this draft, and also Bronny James and Dwayne Wade's one son. So he was on a terrific high school team. Ended up going to Stanford. Stanford doesn't typically do one-and-done type of players. McDonald's High School All-Americans, obviously that's more known as an academic school, Uh, but he ended up being a leader on this team as a freshman and getting a lot of buckets. He could score at all three levels, has a nice jump shot, uh, and really looks like he's going to be able to score the basketball in the NBA probably almost immediately. So I like this pick for them. Definitely, yeah. I'd say they're long-term prospects that the the Grizzlies have are Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson, maybe Brandon Clark if you want to lump them into that. So getting a forward is a a smart move. They have Desmond Bain as well, correct? That's right, yep. This is somebody who's going to compete with him for minutes on the wing. Uh, He's a little bit taller, I believe, and can probably play some more three. I think Bain is more of a two. Yeah. But they can both really score it. Yeah, so they they could do a starting lineup of Morant, Bain, uh, Williams, Clark perhaps at the four, and then... Jackson at the five if they want to do that. Sounds like a nice young team right there. Yeah, and they still have a lot of other pieces. They still have Dylan Brooks, who they might decide to keep. He's still pretty young, only 25. Kyle Anderson's on an expiring contract. It's uh, for just under $10 million. So 
there might be uh, some teams out there that try and uh, pry Anderson away from uh, the Grizzlies. I know the, the Celtics were actually interested in getting him. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. Let's move on to the next pick, though. It was selected by the Charlotte Hornets. It was James Booknight from UConn. I know you watched a lot of UConn games, so uh, this guy, good shooter, huh? Good shooter? I wouldn't necessarily say a great shooter. I mean, he's he's a good shooter, okay. uh, but a very good scorer at the college level. He's definitely somebody that can get to the bucket. The three-point shot is improving. Um, early in his career, it wasn't really there, but its traje- trajectory is definitely on the upswing. Um yeah, this guy likes to play a lot of one-on-one basketball, which is good for the NBA. I mean, we'll see what kind of opportunities he gets to do that early in his career. I think he's got the potential to be a big scorer off the bench early in his career. I don't know if he's going to start right away. I think there's some defensive deficiencies. Um, but I do like his ability to score the ball, and hopefully that jump shot keeps improving. Um, this guy was a real high-riser uh, throughout this past season in the college game and in the eyes of NBA scouts, obviously during the combine and individual workouts. I would say prior to last season, he was projected as maybe a late first round or early second round pick coming into his sophomore year, um, and he really helped his stock this season. We saw him projected as high as about six in this draft. Yeah, that's right. So even this is maybe a little bit high to me. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, it, it kind of seemed like Charlotte either wanted like a, a shooting guard to pair next to Lamelo, or a big man, and they decided to go this route. So I'd say that Charlotte has a lot of free agents this year. Your boy Malik Monk, unfortunately. I don't think he's going to be brought back, but I think he'll still be in the league. He'll get another opportunity somewhere. He, he's shown... Some promise in the past. It's just been a consistency thing and also an injury thing. And then uh, Devontae Graham, who had a really good season, uh, the uh, 2019-20 season, uh, really looked like he was going to be a a very, very uh, uh, solid NBA player. Um, Probably not an all-star, but, you know, a really good NBA piece. And then, you know, with the emergence of LaMelo last year, didn't get as much playing time, lost his starting job. And uh, you know, kind of declined a little bit, but he's a free agent. I think um, I think he'll probably go elsewhere, uh, rebuild his stock. Brad Watermaker, he's not coming back. But uh, speaking of Rozier, he is he only has one year left on his deal. It's seventeen point nine million dollars. And I know three years ago when we did the sign and trade for Kemba Walker. It, Looked crazy paying Terry Rozier $17 million, but it, it really doesn't look that crazy now. Terry Rozier, and you know, maybe at the time we should have realized that this, this wasn't a crazy overpay because this was a guy who was able to put up some really great stats in uh, a very competitive uh, uh, playoff uh, series, multiple playoff series with the Celtics uh, that 2018 playoffs. I know he had a down year his last year with the Celtics, but, uh, yeah, that was uh, a lot of mouths to feed on that roster, I'd say. So, 
Rozier actually might be on the trading block here. It's been rumored that the Clippers really like him. I don't know how they would they would get him. Are they trading Rondo for him? I don't know. I don't think Rondo on the Hornets makes much sense. Uh, also, those salaries don't quite match. But um, we we pretty much got uh, almost of. The complete. I thought that's right. They have Gordon Hayward as well. Is he is he healthy now? Who knows? Yeah, they actually just acquired Mason Plumley from the Pistons, so I'm assuming he'll probably start. And uh, Biombo. They seem to like Biombo. Maybe they'll bring him back. I think they could go small in a lot of situations too. If you're talking about Ball, Rozier. Hayward, you could play Bridges at the four a little bit and play right. P.J. That's Washington right, small ball five if you want to get your true best five guys out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can get really creative with these lineups. I think there's probably going to be one more trade going on with, eh, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, I'd say most likely it's Rozier if anyone's going to get moved. But... um. Yeah, a lot of solid players. I mean, there's at least eight, nine players on this team that are, you know, pretty dynamite right now. So, not bad, Charlotte. Not bad. Rebuild is uh, looking a little ahead of schedule. Good to see. So, let's move on to the next team. It's the San Antonio Spurs. Picking a freshman from Alabama. Shooting guard from Canada, Joshua Primo. Now, this this guy, I'm hearing that a lot of people didn't have him on their first round uh, mock draft boards, whatever. So th- this was a high riser. This is someone that the Spurs must have really took a liking to in uh, the workouts that, they, that he had. Would you say so? So this was a little bit curious to both of us on draft night for multiple reasons. And the first one is the reason you just mentioned. Uh, this guy was looked at as probably a borderline first round pick, maybe early round, early second round pick, similar to what we're talking about with James Booknight. Uh, James Booknight was definitely a high riser. And this is someone that qualifies as a high riser, even maybe more so because he had an injury at the end of the season too. And he's probably going to miss summer league, maybe miss some more time even than that, maybe miss some training camp. So it's not a draft and stash, but this is not somebody that they probably have high hopes for this season. I believe he's the youngest player in this draft, too. He played one season at Alabama after reclassifying and skipping his senior year of high school. He was a nice piece for them off the bench, but this was not even a starter at Alabama in the SEC. So this is totally a draft pick on potential. So... Hopefully he can recover from his injury. They list him as a shooting guard. I saw him play a lot of point guard at Alabama this year, so he can do that too. And I believe he's about 6'5". So he's a bigger guard, little slight of build. He's going to have to bulk up a little bit. But the other part of this was we were discussing before this pick how many wings and guards San Antonio are already has. They're going to have to go for a big at some point. So this was a little bit of a curious pick because of that too. Right, and I guess now... Now that you're saying that he was injured at the end of his college career, probably gonna be, um, probably gonna be, uh, you know, probably gonna learn t- 
take everything slow with uh, getting in the rhythm of things in San Antonio. So, I mean, yeah, we're looking at Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, Devin Vassell, who they just drafted last year. So many uh, guard swings, whatever. It's... um, it's it's going to be a lot of mouths to feed, but if uh, they want to, um, you know, slowly bring um, Primo along, that I guess that kind of makes sense. Why they would grab him here? Maybe there just wasn't a big that they uh, felt too high on. Right now, their center is Jakob Pertl. Not horrible, not horrible, but uh, I think we've we've pretty much seen mostly what he can do i don't think there's uh a lot more upside with him at this point in his career so they should probably go after a more talented center they have all their draft picks i'm pretty sure so maybe down the line they're gonna they're gonna find the the right center that they feel like fits with uh, a lot of these guards and swings so, um, yeah, probably won't see too much from Primo this season. But um, seems like they, they, they really took a liking to him and uh, felt like there's some upside there in the future. So, we will see. Number 13, the Indiana Pacers picked a senior out of Oregon, Chris Duarte. From the Dominican Republic. Um, I So he was uh, Peyton Pritchard's teammate then. Alright, alright. My boy Pritchard. Celtic great Peyton Pritchard. Um, is he a better shooter than Pritchard, you would say? Because this guy's a shooting guard. So I would say that I think his calling card in the NBA is going to be his shooting. Although I wouldn't necessarily say he was a better shooter than Peyton Pritchard because Peyton Pritchard is a very good shooter himself, even though he's technically a point guard. You could play him off the ball in certain situations, but Mm -hmm. this guy is more of a true shooting guard, and uh, that's how he's going to make his money in the NBA. It's an interesting juxtaposition, too. You go from the youngest guy in the draft, one pick, to the coverage making a big deal about this guy being 24 years old. So this is kind of a throwback to how things were maybe in the late 90s as far as the NBA. Teams looking for guys that are going to be ready to step in and play right away. Uh, This is, yeah, somebody who's NBA ready, physically mature, uh, strong enough to play probably 82 games if you guys have the 82-game season. He's going to get minutes every night. Might not be a starter right away. Might never become a star, uh, but you referenced Peyton Pritchard. That was the Pac-12 player of the year in 1920. This was the Pac-12 player of the year this year, and that's a very good basketball conference. So he's ready to go and play, you know, sixth or seventh man minutes right away. Yeah, so this tells me that the Pacers, you know, probably are not going towards a rebuild. We weren't really sure after the way things ended last year. I mean, it seems like every year they're competing, but sometimes they end up underachieving but the fact that they'd pick someone who is 24 years old how so how did that happen did he did he uh transfer was that it i don't know anything of him transferring i've seen him play a couple years at oregon 
I believe he might have went to junior college before he got to Oregon, though. I could be wrong about that, but typically that's how that happens is where a guy goes to a prep school or to a junior college for a couple years and then ends up at a major school for his final two or three years. Mm. That's, yeah, yeah, rarely. So was Malcolm Brogdon, wasn't he like 23 when he was drafted? But actually, at Virginia, they kind of have that path sometimes. Like, they're known for redshirting guys, so he okay. wasn't a junior college guy. And Virginia, I believe, is a very good academic school. So uh, he probably redshirted as a freshman his first year and then played four years after that. I don't think that was the case for Duarte. I could be wrong, though. Okay. So, yeah, this guy's probably going to play right away as you said come off the bench for the Pacers they're gonna try and compete this year we'll see what they end up doing with Miles Turner been a ton of trade rumors about him I'd say TJ Warren probably gonna end up on another team in the next couple years contracts expiring this year seems like they want to go forward with uh Sabonis, they seem to like Malcolm Brogdon a lot. Hey, you know, that's right. He's going to be playing with Malcolm Brogdon now, Duarte. So that'd be cool. Uh, and then, well, let's see. Well, they just traded Aaron Holiday, interestingly enough. Um, I don't think they really got a ton back in return. Oh, they have Karis LeVert. That's right. This was their big, uh, big acquisition as part of the. The blockbuster James Harden trade. So, um, yeah, you'd imagine Brogdon, Sabonis, Levert. That's probably their future here, what they're going to go for. I mean, these guys are a little on the older side. They're not quite young bucks. Sabonis is the youngest at 25. Brogdon's 28. Levert's 26. But they're probably just going to say, hey, we like, like this group of guys we're gonna try and compete with them for the next few years and uh see what happens yeah indiana they never want to do like a, a straight up tanking rebuild and this is this pick is completely in line with that like yeah. you said that's their organizational philosophy i guess so that fits right in with that yeah so well celtics gotta look out for the pacers this year East is competitive this year. So number 14 was Moses Moody to the Warriors. We talked about him already. Number 15, the Wizards picked Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert going to be competing for minutes against Kyle Kuzma, perhaps. Is this guy NBA ready? He's a senior from Gonzaga. Do you think he's going to get minutes right off the bat? So this was a guy who helped his draft stock tremendously by coming back for that final year at Gonzaga because he had flirted with the idea of entering the 2020 NBA draft last year and ended up pulling his name late in the season. Gonzaga went on to have an amazing season this year, went undefeated until the national championship game where they eventually lost to Baylor. But this guy has been one of the best college basketball players the past couple years and Granted, it's against mostly lesser competition at Gonzaga, but he never looked outmatched when they played bigger-name programs. I love this guy's intensity. He looked like a pro on the college level. He looked completely focused in every single game, whether they were playing Kansas or whether they were playing St. Mary's or somebody in the West Coast Conference. It made no difference. This guy was 
on his game every night, and I, I took notice of that immediately. Now, is the talent level uh, there to be the 15th pick in the draft? I mean, I think he maximized what he could do on the college level and got picked basically as high as he possibly could. So really smart move coming back to school. We'll see what kind of NBA player he can become. I mean, I would say he should be looking at tape of like a Gordon Hayward who oh. came from a smaller school and has made a really good career for himself in the NBA. Uh, this guy is a knockdown shooter. Um, hopefully he can develop a little bit more off the bounce towards the basket. Um, but, yeah, if I were Corey Kispert, I would be kind of modeling my game after a Gordon Hayward. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be somebody coming off the bench at the beginning of his career, maybe a starter someday. Not an all-star, I wouldn't think, but I think he's going to stick in the NBA for a long time. Yeah, so he's uh, – can he play power forward at all? More no, of just he, a small forward? I would say, if anything, he could play a little bit of two and, okay. and three, not three and four. Okay, so yeah, that would probably make sense. They bring him off the bench because their starting lineup is, uh, well, they're probably going to have Kuzma. They'll have Rui Hachimura. They'll have uh, Denny. Um, and then, well, they have Montrezl Harrell now. What year was Hachimura? Hachimura, I believe, was 2019. 19. So they yeah. were teammates at Gonzaga then. That's oh, interesting, were they? too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so. They'll have some chemistry, no doubt. Um, yeah, this roster just, just changed a whole bunch in this Westbrook trade here. Although we knew this trade was happening um, before the draft started. It was actually announced right before uh, the draft went underway. But let's, uh, let's get an update roster list. Uh, Bradley Beal, who the hell knows is if... He's going to get traded or not this offseason. Keep hearing uh, different things. He's going to stay. No, he wants to go. I don't know. That That's just going to go all the way up to the season, I feel like. I do. I feel like if he's going to get traded, then it might be like a James Harden situation where um, it happens like at the, the very beginning of the season, during the season whatever um maybe if the wizards start off really poorly perhaps they go forward with it but uh the wizards have some nice pieces i gotta say uh chandler hutchinson is uh underachieved but uh he'll get an opportunity one more year to prove that uh he's an nba player daniel gafford who uh was also his uh, Chicago Bull teammate. Very talented. Had great chemistry with uh, Russell Westbrook when he played. So, yeah, the, it seems like this team needs a point guard, actually. Unless they want Beal to play a little bit of point guard. I don't think he's uh, the most ideal person to have there. But they can use him. Ish Smith, baby. Yeah, Ish Smith, he, well, he's a free agent, but he, he uh, is a fan favorite, I believe, so they might bring him back. Very possible. They got Bertons. Bertons has been rumored to get moved, so, yeah, this, this, uh, 
there's a lot of cosmetics that uh needs to be handled here um uh, for this wizard's roster um so let's go back to the next pick here so our next pick was at number 16 this was originally the Celtics pick then it became the Thunder's pick and then the Thunder traded this pick and got two more picks from the Houston Rockets just what the Thunder needs more picks nice job Presty We'll, we'll see if it all works out. So now the Houston Rockets have the Turkish League MVP, Alperen Shagun. I, 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 I think I'm pronouncing that right. I, I, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I'm sorry. But he's 6'9". They want him to play center. Okay. So... If I'm Houston, I'm just picking best available. Like you, this roster needs a complete makeover. And then you got this other guy, Josh Christopher, freshman from Arizona State, shooting guard. But is he a good shooter, Greeny? So yeah, again, I don't have too much on Garuba, but we'll go to Josh Christopher a little bit. He came into Arizona State as a really highly touted recruit somewhere on the level of even like Zaire Williams out West in Stanford. Um, The PAC 12 had a real influx of big time freshmen the past couple seasons. And this was one of them. He's a pretty good shooter. I would say, I mean, you have to be obviously as a shooting guard, but he's a very good athlete, um, a plus athlete. I wouldn't call him, you know, the freak athlete title, uh, but I think his shooting could improve a little bit. Uh, what's going to get him on the floor is that athleticism and probably the ability to defend other twos in the NBA. Uh, he's not going to be outmatched defensively if he puts the effort in. This is one of those guys that has a little bit of a red flag because of attitude issues and maybe that that motor issue. Uh, a lot of times guys grow out of that, though, once they get to the NBA. So it says something about his talent and his upside that he's still a first-round pick even with those questions, uh, because Arizona State had a very fine 2019-2020 season, and they brought almost everybody back and added him. Mm. So they came into the 2020-2021 season with very, very high expectations, and they fell flat on their face. They were one of the biggest disappointments in college basketball last season. And this guy was probably a projected lottery pick preseason 2020, and obviously his stock dropped a little bit uh, because of the lack of team success, and he was going to be looked to to be a leader on a team that was supposed to make a deep NCAA tournament run, and they didn't even make the tournament. So while he might have put up some numbers, I think there were questions about his maybe lack of selflessness. Like this guy wanted to be you know, the main scorer on a team that had some really good returning scorers on the wing already. So the way he fit into that team didn't work. Uh, Maybe a different situation will be better for him. But the talent and the upside is definitely there. And if he defends, he's going to find his way onto the court right away for some backup shooting guard minutes. Oh, yeah, it's no doubt. So basically Houston was able to 
put together a pretty good bench in the first round, except for, I mean, Jalen Green is going to start right away. But other than that, these guys can just come off the bench. Um, again, we talked about this earlier. Wall, Eric Gordon, Christian Wood. Uh, they have Daniel House coming back, Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate. So they, these are some NBA players. Uh, the reason why they really struggled this year was because – or the – last year was because of injuries for the most part. I mean, if they had those guys on the court every night, then they wouldn't have lost as many games as they did. It's just that they ended up sitting while Gordon got hurt, and then they're, they're uh, you know, sitting wood, and uh, they're just playing G-leaguers. They're playing uh, Anthony Lamb, Harmony Brooks, uh, who else? DJ Wilson. I mean... I don't even think these guys are going to be back next year. So, you know, you uh, you replace those guys with uh, some first-round talent, I think you're going to have a much better Houston team this year. Definitely a more competitive team. And not the end of the world if they're not uh, super competitive. You're rebuilding. It'd be nice to get uh, some uh, high first-round picks next year. So... Um, yeah, looking good. Hopefully, uh, Christopher doesn't, um, you know, have Kevin Porter Jr. mentoring him, I'd say. <laughs> but other than that, uh, looking good so far with the rebuild. So, uh, let's go back to 17. That was a pick that was originally the Memphis Grizzlies. It was traded to New Orleans. So, uh, speaking of Virginia, they picked uh, Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy the third, small forward, junior from Virginia. Um, so, hmm, this guy's probably not going to get minutes right away. Am I, am I correct when I say that? It'll be interesting to see because this is another one of these guys that really shot right up the draft board late in the process. Um Virginia is on TV around here all the time because they play in the ACC. ESPN has them on all the time. They've become kind of a premier program the last five years or so. And he is actually a transfer from Rice, and I only got to see him play for one season this past season at Virginia because Rice is not on TV here very often, and that is not any kind of a college basketball powerhouse. But his calling card is shooting. He's going to stretch the floor. I believe he's 6'8", 6'9", and I – think there was some talk of him even playing some shooting guard at that height which is impressive thinking maybe he could defend shooting guards at that height that's tough to do so he could probably play more three I would think but definitely a wing player he's kind of slight of build um, if he does get minutes it'll be because they need a knockdown shooter but you wonder on the defensive end if they're talking about him playing the two I don't know, six eight, six nine, defending quick twos in the NBA, that's going to be tough for him, I would think. Um, so maybe it's a project type of player. Again, Rice is not any kind of a big-time college basketball program, so he's really only played one year of big-time college basketball. Uh, so that's maybe of some concern. So maybe this is a guy that even starts in the G League and works his way up to the NBA at some point. You don't necessarily want to do that with first-round picks, I know, but – might be better for his development. Yeah, I'd say so, because I'm assuming they're going to have Brandon Ingram start small forward. 
do uh, Zion at the four. Then they just acquired Jonas Valanciunas. They'll have him playing center. Point guard, well, uh, they the Pelicans have some cap space, so uh, they might go after Kyle Lowry. That's what we keep hearing. If uh, Lowry doesn't end up going to the Sixers, there's uh, been a lot of connections between those two. Uh, rumored to possibly go there. Last trade deadline never happened. But uh, it seems like the Pelicans are certainly on Lowry's radar. They could definitely overpay him. He's getting up there in age, so I'm sure he wouldn't mind uh, one last big payday. So... Other than that, the Pelicans, they really don't have a solid backup three-man. But at the same time, this is a team that's going to want to win some games. They're very nervous about losing Zion Williamson. There's actually been murmurs that Williamson might hate this organization so much that he would accept the qualifying offer and become a free agent after his fifth year in the league to get away from the Pelicans, which uh, would cause quite an uproar. That that would be, uh, you know, talked about all day on ESPN if that were to happen. Uh, no no uh, free agent has really done that before. I think the closest thing that's ever happened was Greg Monroe accepting his qualifying offer in Detroit, which... Yeah, it wasn't a huge deal to the Pistons back then because they had Andre Drummond and you know, playing two bigs at the same time. You know, wasn't ideal um, in this modern era. So, yeah, I'm sure this guy will will get some minutes off the bench, but uh, they're probably gonna look to sign a. Um, a more solid, uh, you know, more experienced uh, small forward to uh, back up Ingram. A guy that I really liked for them over the past couple of years, and I know you discussed him on a previous podcast, uh, a wing player, maybe could play a little bit of three, but definitely some two, is Josh Hart. Josh Hart is a solid piece that right. you would think they would want to bring back if they want to win. That's right, yes. So, uh, yeah, we didn't even mention Josh Hart and uh, Lonzo Ball as well. Um, they are both restricted free agents. Uh, I'm hearing that Lonzo might get a pretty high offer from the Chicago Bulls. So, um, if that's the case, the Pelicans probably won't match. So, maybe they only bring back Josh Hart. But yeah, Josh Hart, you you look at his size, you think more like a shooting guard, maybe even point guard, but he can defend the wing. And you remember we took a look at his rebounding stats late in last season. They were off the charts for a 6'4 type of player. They were, yeah. He's very active on the boards. So, um, yeah, Hart's probably the guy they are going to want to bring back. Uh, so let's move on to the next pick. It is... The uh, 18th pick. So where did this go? Oh, God, this this pick got traded so many times. It's Trey Mann to the Oklahoma City Thunder. This So this pick went from 
Miami via Phoenix to Philadelphia to the L.A. Clippers. Good God. It's like what you see with second-round picks, not really first-round. Uh, Trey Mann, uh, I'm sure you you watched him a little bit. You've seen Florida on TV a few times, I'd say, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah? Oh, yeah. I like this pick a lot. Okay. I think this guy's going to be a very solid NBA player for a long time. And I did get to see him a bunch in Florida over the past two seasons. So this ended with Oklahoma City, though? Yeah. That's where yeah. he's going to end yeah, up? Oklahoma City. Oh, I like that a lot. And that Josh Giddy from the number six pick in this draft is going to have to bring his A game to beat this guy out for minutes. This is a quality pick in the middle of the first round. Two years at Florida, former McDonald's All-American. Didn't get big-time minutes as a freshman. He was kind of underwhelming because he came in with a big reputation. He's a, he's a larger guard. Uh, I believe he's 6'5", 6'6", uh, but can play the point and can play the two, similar to SGA and similar to what we hear about this Josh Giddy. So that gives them a lot of versatility in the backcourt. Uh, I would say this guy is a little bit better as a scorer than a distributor. And in his second year as a sophomore at Florida, he really stepped up in that way. Um, he can definitely distribute as well, but he could score at all three levels. He's got good game off the bounce. He can shoot the three. Um, and, yeah, this offers a lot of versatility to them in the backcourt, and I think this guy's going to be in the NBA for a long time. Great opportunity for a young player going to a place like OKC, too. If he plays well in training camp, summer league, he might be a starter in the backcourt for them next year. I could see that. Off the top of your head, what NBA player would you – draw a comparison to like another player who's been in the league for a while i'm so not good at these um <laughs> can you get back to me i'll think about it yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. um but yeah this is this is a taller point guard that can really shoot the ball um and can play the two as well play the two. i'm not gonna go you know luca or even you yeah know, right cade cunningham or anything like that but somebody somebody a little bit lesser than that but Six five, six six. This is a big point guard. I mean, Livingston, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard when when you're uh, comparing sizes, and then you know every player's unique at the end of the day. I mean, we talked about OKC a little bit, kind of like a open roster, I'd say. Only uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander and perhaps Pokashevsky, Lou Dort are. Uh, the guys from last year who they plan on keeping in the future to um, play with, uh, you know, these first-round picks that they just got. Yeah, the most impressive thing about this guy was his improvement from the freshman to the sophomore year because you saw him play as a freshman. You're like, mm, maybe not uh, quite the player you thought as a McDonald's All-American, but he lived up to all the hype this past season, made big shots in big situations. Definitely a guy I'd want on my NBA team if I had one. Yeah, so it looks like a Thunder. Nice pickup there. So we'll move on to the uh, Charlotte Hornets at 19. This is a pick they got from New York. They selected uh, their future backup center, or next year's backup center at least, uh, Kai Jones, sophomore out of Texas. What's this guy's bread and butter? He's a big man, so is it the shot blocking, rebounding? 
Three-point shooting, perhaps? It's Again, it's such a cliche saying yeah. anymore, uh, but I'm going to go with the, the freak athlete uh, category oh, for him. Okay. This guy's athleticism is off the charts. He can jump out of the gym. That's why he even ended up at Texas. Um, he's he's from the islands. I forget which island he's from, but he's... Bahamas. Bahamas, yeah. I thought it was the Bahamas. Uh, so he was kind of off the radar of many major college basketball programs recruiting. Uh, but Texas found him, and during his freshman season, people kept saying, this guy's going to end up in the NBA someday. This guy's going to end up in the NBA someday. And I just didn't see it. His game was not well-rounded in any way. Um, he could block shots. He could rebound. He could run like a deer, run the floor. Uh, but he had essentially no offensive game besides putbacks. Again, the improvement that he had in his short time at Texas offensively was incredible. And so these same people that were saying his freshman year that he's going to end up in the NBA someday were now saying the following year, look at this guy. This guy's got length like Kevin Durant, who was at Texas years ago. And if he can develop that wing type of game, who's ever going to be able to block his shot? And that's the truth. I mean, obviously, he's got a long, long way to go to get to Kevin Durant, but he's got that kind of length. He's got the freakish athleticism. He's probably even a better, quote, athlete than Durant, uh, running and jumping. Uh, yeah, runs like a gazelle. Um, so he's going to offer you uh, energy, shot blocking, and rebounds right away, and hopefully he can continue to, de uh, to develop that offensive game and uh, become a great player in the NBA someday the upside with this guy is as high as anybody in this draft though so I'm just envisioning La, uh, LaMelo throwing some crazy lobs to this guy no How doubt you say that no doubt so yeah we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of highlights this there. guy definitely plays above the rim yep okay well yeah I'd imagine he's gonna uh, start off as a backup they just acquired uh, definitely Mason Plumley, so I'll probably start that old dinosaur. He's he's a little bit slight of build to play the NBA five yet, too. I would see him probably more as a potential stretch four if mm. he can keep developing that jump shot. Okay. But yeah, rapid development this past season, going from somebody that wouldn't have been drafted a couple years ago to a mid first round pick. Oh. Well, yeah, the Hornets seem to have uh, had a good draft so far, so. That's good to see. Now, oh my God, what do you know? A pick that never got traded. <laughs> Up next. It's in between a bunch of picks that are traded, rerouted like five different times. But this one just stayed with the Hawks. Number 20, Jalen Johnson. Small forward. Ooh, this team is getting crowded with a lot of young players. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold on to all these guys. Some of these guys are going to command uh, you know, a big payday. Jalen Johnson's a small forward, but you also got Herter. You got Trey Young, of course, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. Let's see who else they have. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, oh, John Collins, yeah. Capella. You got uh, Okongwu as well, the center. Very young team, Bogdanovich. 
um, and you're you're adding another guy. So uh, maybe this is <laughs> Solomon Hill's replacement, perhaps backup backup three. You think uh, think he'll be able to get like ten minutes in the NBA? I definitely think he's an NBA talent. Um, I think sometimes the position labels are a little bit misleading these days. As you know, there's so much more positionless basketball. Right. And they may list him as a small forward. I believe he's 6'9", though. He is a little bit slight of build, so he probably could play some three. But when I saw this pick happening, in my mind, I'm thinking – this is insurance for John Collins if John Collins ends up going away. I know John Collins played some five in the NBA at times, but I believe he's six eight, six nine, very good athlete, plays above the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy does too. He's a little bit slighter build than Collins right now, but I think of Collins more as a four, and I think of this guy's future in the NBA as more of a four than a three, uh, just because he is a little bit taller. He'll bulk up, and uh, yeah, Sometimes these guys that are a little bit shorter than the prototype big man can play a position up because of the great athleticism. This guy is, you know, not Kai Jones athlete, but way above average, plays above the rim, can block shots like John Collins can block some shots. I know, Um, you know, they should re-sign him, obviously, as you've said. But I would see him maybe taking some backup minutes to John Collins before – you know, Herder or Solomon Hill or whoever they got on the wing. He could probably do it, but that jump shot is not completely developed yet. But he could come in and, you know, block a couple shots at the four, rebound, hopefully be an energy guy. But this is another one of those guys that's that you get every year, a couple of them. Uh, maybe the attitude is a bit of question, uh, kind of like Josh Christopher. And uh, he kind of quit on Duke at the end of the season this season, citing COVID concerns. But it's like, okay, it's February. You weren't worried about that in November, December, and January. Why are you worried about that now? He transferred around a bunch in high school. So it's like, is this guy really a team guy? So that's what he's going to have to prove in the NBA. Because his talent level says higher than number 20 in the NBA draft. This could have been a lottery pick. So if they could get him right upstairs, they got to steal at number 20. Yeah, hopefully um God I'm blanking on the Hawks coach. Who is it? Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. Well, he seems to uh do really well with um you know, the youngsters on the Hawks. Uh this was a, a team that was very discombobulated being of the year. They clearly weren't listening to <laughs> their coach Lloyd Pierce and uh McMillan uh Really got this group together. Started to get him to play good basketball. So hopefully he can, uh, you know, really get a, as much as he can out of uh, Jalen Johnson, and uh, hopefully Johnson responds. So we will go to number twenty-one. Another Johnson, Keon Johnson. This pick got traded to. Looks like the Clippers. Yep. Traded uh, hands a few different times. Now, the Clippers, they're not really known for playing too many youngsters. And what I've always seen in the past, even even nowadays, well, maybe not so much now that we've seen Terrence Mann get some minutes. He's a, he's a young guy. He seemed to have uh, really breaking that mold of uh, Clippers... Uh, players on their rookie contracts getting minutes but 
as, as in the Doc Rivers era, it seemed like every year they'd pick some guy in the late first round in the 20s. Uh, I think Bryce Johnson, I think he was a first round pick. And they just kind of sit on the bench and completely flame out in the league. And I think C.J. Wilcox was another one that they had. Like It just seemed like year after year they'd pick these guys, never play them, and then it completely screws up their NBA career. Like maybe, maybe they had the potential to be rotation players in the NBA, but they just don't get any opportunity right off the bat. So I'd imagine if I was, you know, an agent for one of these youngsters in the NBA, I wouldn't want my guys to go to the Clippers, but perhaps that's changed now, now that we've uh, really seen Terrence Mann get some minutes. Do you think Keon Johnson's going to be glued to the bench? Because, I mean, he's a shooting guard. Terrence Mann's also a shooting guard. Yeah, you got Kawhi, you got Paul George, you got Marcus Morris, you got all these forwards, swings. Would you be concerned that this might be a guy that just stays glued to the bench? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you frame it that way because I think you could be 100% spot on with that. Um, this guy is talented enough to play right away, but with so many of these young players, like you say, it's about opportunity and which team you end up on. Like, had this guy been picked a couple picks higher by less of a quality team, he would probably play right away. But it's going to be tough for him to get minutes on the floor with that roster in the backcourt. Um, this was another guy that uh, can jump out of the gym. It was highly publicized that this guy had the all-time record vertical leap at the combine this guy had a 48 inch vertical so i talked about kai jones a couple picks ago i'm sure he was probably close to that this guy was the best athlete in this draft so when you have measurables like that six five guard that can jump like that you're qualified to play in the nba almost solely on that so he could get minutes in a certain situation but we'll see what the clippers decide to do with their backcourt I think he could play a little bit of point in the NBA, too, and I think he could defend point guards, so that might help him in the beginning. Like Terrence Mann, I feel like, got on the floor in the beginning uh, to play a little bit of defense and Mm -hmm. get some minutes as a defender, and then the offense kind of developed after that. So maybe Keon Johnson can look at Terrence Mann and and play his rookie and second year in that mold and go from there because he has work to do on the offensive end. But he could come in for a couple minutes at the end of a quarter and lock down a, a point guard or a shooting guard for sure. Yeah. Uh, now you say it, that reminds me of Avery Bradley on his career on the Celtics early on. He was brought in because he was such a good defender. Didn't really seem to have much offense. But, yeah, as you get more playing time, it just kind of developed and uh, you know, ended up being a really solid NBA player. Still uh He's a free agent right now, but he'll he'll certainly be in the league again this year. Yeah, this is a one and done. This is a young buck, so he's got plenty of time to develop as a first-round pick. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect a ton right away. But, uh, yeah, on a quality team, maybe they don't don't need a ton right away. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully he can just come in and play some good D. Now we'll move on to the next pick. I know this is a guy you're not too familiar with. Um he was uh, a freshman from uh, a place called Kentucky. Uh, 
Isaiah Jackson. I know you probably don't have much on this guy, but uh, I'm just kidding. This is your guy. This is your guy, man. This is my guy this year. This is all I got as a Kentucky fan this year in this draft. Uh, we had a second-round pick, too. But as far as anything that uh, could have been potentially a lottery pick, this was the guy. Uh, the projections were all over the place on him. I saw uh, some as high as lottery and some as low as like mid-second round on Isaiah Jackson. So there was a lot of discrepancy. And I guess, obviously, he worked out pretty well at the Combine and – the individual workouts to get picked at 22. I mean, I would say Tyrese Maxey got picked number 21 last year for us and had a really good uh, rookie season. Quickly when I believe 24 or 25 had a really good rookie season. So there is still some hope when you get picked at this level of the first round. You're not uh, being slighted in any way by getting picked. So hats off to Isaiah Jackson. He had a pretty fine freshman season for Kentucky in which was – was uh, one of our worst seasons in history, going 9-16 and 16 this year. So it was hard to watch for me, uh, but he was one of the few bright spots. Uh, this is a guy that is going to give you a ton of energy, uh, run up and down the floor, block shots, rebound. He's got the athleticism probably on par with Kai Jones. Uh, he doesn't have the developed offensive game that Kai Jones developed in his second season at Texas. Hopefully it can develop for Isaiah Jackson at the NBA level like it did for Kai Jones at Texas. I would have loved to have had Isaiah Jackson back for that second season next year, uh, but I understand why you leave when you're a projected first-round pick. Um, the guy that I compared him to uh, to you uh, numerous times was maybe he can have a Nerlens Noel type of career, which is nothing spectacular, but uh, unless he develops that offensive game a little bit more, He's going to be a defensive stopper, probably a backup big man. Uh, maybe eventually he could become a starter. I don't see him as an all-star any day. Um, you never know. But I think he could play in the NBA for 10 years and uh, give you quality minutes off the bench and see what happens from there. Let's hope that uh, maybe he does become a starter someday. But he's a little bit slight of builds, got to bulk up a little bit, 6'10", 6'11". A little bit undersized for a center, but I think he's going to play center in the NBA. And, yeah, let's hope he develops that outside jump shot like Kai Jones did because mm -hmm. I think that's why Kai Jones was picked a little bit higher than Isaiah Jackson in this draft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd imagine that uh, – by the way, he's on the Pacers. It, it was kind of confusing. We, we thought he was originally going to be on the Lakers at one point. Then there was another trade partner in there, I, I believe. So. Oh, yeah. Lakers to Washington to Indiana. <laughs> so he's going to be on the Pacers, going to be a backup to Sabonis perhaps. Maybe not right away. Maybe he won't get minutes out of the gate. But, um, yeah, they should try him out, it sounds like, give him the opportunity. There's, you know, a lot of upside with uh, these Kentucky prospects, I'd say. Uh, we talked about the Pacers a little bit already um, and their roster. I think there's some moves to happen. I don't think he has to worry about Miles Turner taking minutes from him. I doubt that Turner's going to be on this roster at the beginning of the year. I think that just has midsummer trade written all over it. Miles Turner for some player. Who knows? A lot's going to happen in these next this next week. 
a lot of players are going to change teams, I'd say. So we won't uh, we won't harp too much on the Pacers. Let's go to uh, well. After that, it was uh, the Rockets' uh, couple picks that we talked about already. So that brings us to twenty five. The uh, New York Knicks ended up with this pick, shooting guard Quentin Grimes. He uh, was originally with Kansas, transferred to Houston. He's a little older. He's 21 years old. So is he going to be able to to play off the bench for the Knicks right away? Back up uh, R.J. Barrett, perhaps? Or is this is Tibbs going to like this guy? No doubt Tibbs is okay. going to like this guy, right. first of all. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think that's that sounds pretty good. I think he could be a backup to R.J. Barrett right off the bat at the two-guard spot. Tibbs is going to love this guy because of his toughness. I don't know that he's necessarily a standout defensive player like Tibbs likes, but I think that could be developed. He has certainly got the toughness to do that, and the program he just came from, Houston, is perennially known as one of the toughest programs in college basketball. Kelvin Sampson is a really hard-nosed coach. I mean, he's been Oklahoma's coach in the past, Indiana's coach. He's been to final, a Final Four um, and then took Houston deep into the tournament this year with Quentin Grimes as their leader. So it didn't work out at Kansas for him. He was a much ballyhooed recruit who went there for one season, flirted with the NBA draft after his freshman season, made a smart move in coming back to college, decided to transfer to Houston at that time, and has had a nice career at Houston since then. He's a hometown guy. He's from that area, so it was a natural fit to go back there. It's a little bit of a lower level than Kansas, but pretty much everything is. Uh, he was no kind of a shooter while he was at Kansas, and he has developed a consistent three-point shot on the collegiate level. So while he's not going to blow by people with speed and athleticism, he's going to be able to knock down open shots. He's got that toughness. And as you know, defense is so much about effort. And if you got the effort, that's step one in being a good defender. So Thibodeau is going to teach this guy how to play some defense. And I could see him getting minutes pretty quickly in the NBA, not major minutes maybe on a good Knicks team. Wow, that sounds strange to say. Mm -hmm. But he's going to play in the NBA. You got a lot of former uh, Kentucky guys in the front office there who uh, who like their guys, take care of their guys. That's what it seems like. They signed a, a lot of uh, former Kentucky players to the summer league roster, not the training camp roster. So maybe we'll see that again this year. But, yeah, I'd imagine uh, – Grimes is going to get some minutes right away. So let's go to the number 26 pick, Denver Nuggets. Nasham Bones Highland. Is So he's listed here as a shooting guard point guard. Would you say he's more a point guard? And maybe that's why they grabbed him because, you know, they're going to need people to eat up point guard minutes with Murray's injury. I saw the coverage on draft night also listed him at shooting guard. And while VCU is not necessarily a big-time program in college basketball, they are on TV fairly often here. So I did get to see him play a bunch at the collegiate level. And when you have a guy that can score like he can score, 
he's not playing point guard on a team like that. Like this is your ace scorer, so I understand why he didn't play much point guard at the collegiate level. I'm sure at six three he was worked out by every NBA team at point guard to see if he could do it at the NBA level because when you're in the NBA, everybody can score. So that's what he's probably going to have to play uh, in the NBA. But maybe he can become a Lou Williams type off the bench, a scoring type point guard. Uh, Lou can play off the ball too. He's a little bit undersized to be a two. Uh, But yeah, if I was Bones Highland, I would be looking at some Lou Williams film trying to figure out how he does it at the NBA level because it's tough to be a 6'3 shooting guard in the NBA. I think he is more of a shooting guard. I haven't seen him play the point guard, but I imagine that at the combine he had to do it. And if you're in the first round at 6'3 and you're expected to be a point guard, I'm sure these teams have seen him do it. So I I think what's going to keep him in the league regardless of anything is the fact that he can score. I would want him on my team. This guy can light it up. Yeah. They have Compazzo. He can start. They also have uh, Monte Morris, who's been very solid for them. He's he's really become uh, a pretty remarkable player, considering uh, he was a late second-round pick. So, um, I yeah, I think he'll he'll get some some opportunity to score for this this team off the bench. Uh, especially with the Murray injury. So, yeah, not a bad place to go if you're uh, a guard. That's, uh, there's opportunity in Denver. Let's go to our next pick. Also, not traded. Unbelievable. The Brooklyn Nets. I'm surprised they kept their pick. After all the trades they've made, they, uh, they end up keeping their own pick. So this is Cameron Thomas. Shooting guard. Now, I do remember hearing about this guy. This guy is just a, a lights-out score, right? I think, um, I well, he's definitely more of a volume shooter and scorer. Okay. Uh, I think his defense came under a little bit of scrutiny, a little bit of question during the season and in the lead-up to the draft. And to your point about Brooklyn keeping this pick, I think they were probably surprised that this guy was available at this pick because we had seen him projected a lot higher than the end of the first round. So it makes you wonder what happened in individual workouts and at the combine. Um, I would say he's a borderline chucker at the college level at LSU, but I liked watching him play a lot. Because he he took and made a lot of tough shots. But that's where you get into the shot selection thing. This guy clearly had the green light as a freshman at LSU, surrounded by other good players at LSU, mind you. Uh, So he became the go-to guy on a pretty good team. So that's going to be tempered a little bit in the NBA for sure. And uh, we'll see how it goes on a team filled with stars, but I think this is probably the perfect situation for him. Uh, He knows he's not going to be the go-to guy. They're going to find his spots and get him the ball in specific spots, so he's not going to have to take such tough shots. Um, He's not going to be a guy that shoots in the 38%, 40% range like he did this year. Uh, He's going to shoot better than that because he's going to take better quality shots. He's going to have more open shots. He could shoot it from the three, the NBA three. He's got deep range. He can slash to the basket. 
He lives at the free throw line. He gets fouled all the time. So while he didn't shoot a great percentage from the field or from the three, he got to the line like eight, ten times a night. And he's going to be able to do that in the NBA too because he's a great one-on-one player. So I'm a little bit surprised that he didn't go a little bit higher. Um, he's one of the highest scoring freshmen in the history of college basketball. So this guy can fill it up. Hopefully the uh, effort is there defensively, and I think he's going to get minutes right away, especially with Landry Shamit getting traded. That's right, yeah. They actually, in that trade, they got the number 29 pick, so I guess we can touch up on um, their selection there as well. Deron Sharp, he, uh, yeah, is going to be their backup center. I'm assuming maybe, well, who's that? They have Claxton. They like that guy Claxton, so maybe uh, it's Sharp and Claxton taking minutes from uh, DeAndre Jordan. Um, how do you feel about this this guy Sharp? So he was known uh, nationally this past season as one of the best offensive rebounders. This guy's a bull on the glass, uh, former McDonald's All-American, highly touted, played at North Carolina for a season. Came off the bench mostly, but I believe he actually earned a couple starts over other former highly touted prospects that, you know, had a year or two on him at North Carolina. So that says something, uh, that he was able to compete at a high level immediately at Carolina. I think he made the right move in going in the NBA draft uh, because North Carolina just lost their legendary coach this year. You don't know how things are going to be. A new head coach... um, they're bringing in more young recruits every year. Maybe things don't go your way. So his stock was probably about as high as it was going to be. Uh, this is definitely a first-round talent. It's good to get him late first round like this. I think he would have been a great fit in Phoenix. He would have been a great backup to DeAndre Ayton, as did Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. He thought so, too. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to compete with Nick Claxton for those backup center minutes. Um They really like how Claxton has developed, it sounds like, and I've seen him play a bunch this past season. He has improved. So hopefully whatever they're doing with their bigs in Brooklyn, De'Ron Sharp can benefit from that as well. Yeah, it sounds like Sharp is really going to fit in right away with, you know, probably Durant, Harden, Irving. If they're having bad shooting nights, this guy can grab those offensive rebounds, get easy baskets. There's not going to be too many players on the opposing team paying as much attention to Sharp as they are with uh, that big three in Brooklyn there. Yeah, this guy is very physical down low. He'll be able to bang. That's how he's different than Claxton. Claxton's a little bit slight of build, likes Mm -hmm. to block shots. This is more of your typical, you know, late 90s, early 2000s NBA big. He's going to play down low. He's not going to be stepping out, but he's going to push people around down there, be physical. I like both of these picks for Brooklyn. Ooh. I like that. Bit of a bit of a throwback player. Really enjoy hearing that. Um, so let's move back to uh, number twenty-eight. This was the Philadelphia 76ers. They picked Jaden Springer. This pick wasn't traded at all. Another another amazing thing to happen. Another uh, pick that wasn't traded. Jesus. Springer. He. Uh, went to Tennessee do you think he's gonna play right away 
So we talked about Keon Johnson a little bit earlier, the other piece of that Tennessee backcourt from last season. And out of the two, I would say Keon Johnson would be more likely to play immediately in the NBA. But we did discuss where he's ending up obviously matters, and maybe it's not going to happen too much for the Clippers. I don't think that Jaden Springer is going to play right away. Um, this is This is not somebody that has necessarily an NBA skill right off the bat. He's not a great shooter. I don't think he's a great defender. He's a quality defender. He's probably not on Keon Johnson's level defensively, though, either. Uh, he can distribute, but he's not like an elite passer. Uh, so it's one of those things. It's like, what does he do to get himself on the floor and stay on the floor? Uh, he's not the athlete that Keon Johnson is, obviously, with the vertical leap. He's very good on all those levels, but there's nothing he does great. I think this is a guy that could have used another year at Tennessee, and maybe he'd be, you know, mid-first-round pick, maybe even lottery by next year because uh, this is known as a very quality draft this season. So he's definitely a worthy first-round talent, but this is a developmental guy, very young, very green. Um, so I, I don't see big minutes for him this year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of competition in uh... – in the Sixers organization right now, a lot of guards out there. You got Seth Curry. Who knows what? Uh, I'm assuming Ben Simmons is probably going to get traded. I I would imagine. So I'm sure they'll get some kind of good prospect guard in that trade. They would probably ideally want someone to replace Simmons, who's more of a guard instead of a forward. Although Seth Curry's pretty decent. They do have Shake Milton. That's the thing. Even if you put this guy head-to-head -head with what they already have right now with Maxie and Milton, I don't see him taking minutes from either of them right, right now. No, not at all. And those are already the backups, depending on what kind of moves they make. Mm-hmm. Very true. Let's – yeah, George, so I know we mentioned earlier that we're going to do um, these uh, most recently uh, – acquired players via trade for the the best teams in each division so maybe we can knock some of these out right now so for the Sixers it was uh George Hill who they most recently got in a trade and uh I would say they're just not going to bring him back most likely if they do it probably won't be for that much money maybe the minimum I think it's also possible George Hill, like a veteran like him, 35 years old, is just going to want to play for a contender, maybe go to the Lakers or something like that. He didn't really do too much with the Sixers second half of the season. So I could see him, uh, see him leaving. Now, we skipped over the Hawks, so we'll do them next. The player they most recently acquired via trade was Lou Williams. I'm hearing that they're going to probably bring Lou back. Won't be for $8 million, no way. But I could, uh, yeah, see him signing for maybe like the veterans minimum, maybe a little more. He is from Atlanta, so seems at home there. I could see him coming back. So let's go to the Bucks. 
They most recently got P.J. Tucker. This is an interesting case. So I think Tucker was fairly important for them in the playoffs, I'd imagine. Really stepped up after DiVincenzo got injured. I would uh, definitely say they'll bring him back. Maybe they'll try and get a discount. Who knows? Um, but I, I think I think it should be a priority to... Uh, bring him back maybe not over Portis maybe you try to convince uh, Portis at first because Portis is 10 years younger than PJ Tucker but uh, I imagine they'll uh, throw throw money PJ's way and PJ seemed very happy there let's uh let's go to the Jazz who did they acquire most recently they actually just traded Derek Favors. It might actually be Jordan Clarkson, and that's from last year. All right, we'll say it's Jordan Clarkson. I think they will hold... Actually, no, I'm, I'm wrong. It's Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas they got. So his contract, it looks like it might be guaranteed next year for... $1.7 million. Do you remember Matt Thomas at all? I do, and I'm just sitting here thinking when you tell me that. He must have a very good agent to get him that guaranteed <laughs> money, am I right? Yeah, Would you agree? I'd say so. He really wasn't that great for the Raptors, the bubble Raptors. So that's where I saw him play mostly. Yeah. Like I know he went to Iowa State, but he wasn't even really a standout player in the Big 12 there. So he's done well to stick and stay as long as he has. Yeah, I'd say so. He was on the Raptors this year. He got traded over to the Jazz. But it uh, looks like the Jazz are going to have him for another year unless they waive him, like, which I guess they could possibly do. But um, so I think he'll end up on the team beginning of the year. Probably get traded at the deadline or something. Or waived if they can't move him. Phoenix Suns. Who did they get most recently? Let's see. It's Tory Craig. Tory Craig they got from the Bucks. So this guy's going to get a ring. NBA champion Tory Craig on the losing finals team. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. Did that happen with Varejao? It's a good question. I, I feel like I've heard did. of it before. He might have been the one. Yeah, because the Cavs, I think, traded him, <laughs> and then he got waived and signed with the Warriors, but then it was actually the Cavs that ended up winning the championship. I think it was something like Varejao didn't want to <laughs> accept the ring or whatever. And then the next year, Varejao's on the Warriors, and they wave him halfway through the year. <laughs> So he doesn't, I mean, maybe they still gave him a ring. I don't think he did anything to really deserve it, but whatever. That's in the past. Uh, Torrey Craig, he was getting some minutes in the finals. Keep him, Phoenix. Come on. He almost got you guys a ring or helped get you guys a ring. All right, last team, the Mavericks. Who are they most recent? J.J. Redick. He's gone. <laughs> He's not coming back. He made $13 million this year. It's a lot. 
He was pissed at the Pelicans for trading him because he wanted to go somewhere in the Northeast, be close to his family. But no, they traded him to the Mavericks. And then he got hurt. He didn't even play. He's 37 years old. Um, At first I was going to say maybe he'll just sign with the Lakers because it seems like the Lakers' whole roster this year is going to be Le- LeBron, AD, Westbrook, and that's like their whole salary cap right there. <laughs> so the, like the only guys they really can sign are vet minimum guys. So I think we're just going to have like a, like an assembly of veterans coming together to help LeBron or help Westbrook win his first ring. LeBron win is like was a fifth ring probably. Well, you've seen this time after time after time with LeBron teams not just in LA. This is what happens, you know, the, the salary gets eaten up by a couple guys, and then you got money left just to pay a couple shooters, and that's about it. I like that idea, though. That would be a good fit for J.J. Redick, I think. But the reason why I don't think he'll go there is because I think he does want to stay in the Northeast, so that limits him to five teams. Maybe the Knicks? Yeah. Pro- I, I think it would probably be the Knicks or the Nets. Because not going to Toronto. Celtics, I don't think there's any interest there. I don't even know if there's really any roster spots open. And then there's the Sixers. Would they want a reunion? Reunion with Doc Rivers for Reddick, perhaps? Maybe. So, yeah, it's probably Knicks, Nets, or Sixers. That's probably where he's going to end up. Not going back to Dallas, though. So that was an easy one. All right, and then we have the 30th pick of the first round. This pick went to Memphis, who we talked about a little bit. But this is a center from Spain, power forward center from Spain. Went to Loyola, sophomore at Loyola. I, did you get, see this? This is Santi Aldemar. Aldemar. Probably saying it wrong. Did you see him play any college ball, really? I don't believe I saw this guy play at all. And if I did, I didn't take any special notice of him. I mean, obviously, I've got Lehigh and Lafayette local here. And he is part of that conference. My father went to Colgate. That is also part of that conference. So I do pay attention to that conference. And when there's a huge star or big name that might play in the NBA out of that conference... Typically, I've heard of them. This guy I have not heard of, though. So I'm not going to give you anything other than uh, the Patriot League is a conference that's maybe a a poor man's Ivy League. It's like just a step below the Ivy League. So this guy is probably a pretty smart player, I would say. But other than that, I got nothing for you. Okay. Well, going to be awkward if he ends up being a really good player. But (laughs) I don't know anything either. I, I don't. But, uh, you know, Memphis, you might have a backup to Steven Adams. Maybe even a starter. Who the hell knows? Who really knows? All right. We are going to announce the last pick of the first round NBA draft. Uh, It was Terrence Clark. Adam Silver, 
brought up, I believe it was his mother. Was it uh, his sister that was there as well? Yeah, it was his mother and his sister. Uh, there was a young child with them as well. I believe it was his little brother. Oh, my God. So Terrence Clark, of course, went to Kentucky. Greeny was very familiar with him, watched him play throughout this past year, tragically died in a car accident a few months back in California. And uh, I just thought it was really classy on the NBA's part to uh, to pay tribute to him, to, uh, to take the time out of uh, what uh, what's a very busy draft, and I, I, I know the fans really appreciate it as well. All the other players, I'm sure. It was it was a really nice gesture on their part. I felt like, and uh, a very moving moment. I'd say. Now, where do you think if he would have been picked, it, it probably would have been first round. You believe? So coming into this uh, past 2021 season, he was a top 10 recruit, McDonald's All-American, had all the big billing that many Kentucky recruits do have, um, was probably a projected lottery pick. Um, and he spent a lot of this season hurt. Uh, we play a lot of high-profile games early in the season, and we didn't have a ton of team success. And it was really through no fault of his own, in my opinion, that his draft stock did slip a little bit. Uh, but I would say he probably would have went late first round, early second round, maybe in the Isaiah Jackson range. Um, he was definitely as impressive an NBA prospect as I J Isaiah Jackson was. Um, so it's really tough to say, but I feel like he would have worked out well in uh the individual workouts for individual teams and the NBA combine, uh, he, he probably would have really shined. He did come back for one game at the end of the season in the SEC tournament. As I mentioned earlier, Kentucky had a historically bad season last year, uh, going nine and 16. So when you're that kind of an NBA prospect, oftentimes if you're out for an extended period like he was, you just mail it in and you get ready for the NBA draft. So I had a lot of respect for him coming back for that SEC tournament. Kentucky thinking their only way in would be to win four games in four days. And he was there to try to do that. Was he 100%? No, he was not. Uh, but I give him a lot of credit for uh, putting that effort in to get back to hopefully play in the NCAA tournament and have his run with Kentucky like so many others have. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a real gut punch hearing that news. I remember, I remember sending that to you. Yeah, I I wasn't quite sure what you were referring to at first. I heard it from you first. I was actually watching some NBA at that time uh, and hadn't seen anything on any of the headlines yet. Uh, I know he was with BJ Boston, another one of our prospects from this past draft, and BJ Boston also came in with big time billing. They had both just signed with clutch sports like days before this happened like it was finally going to happen for him and it was just taken away far too soon way too young so really glad uh his family got to have that moment no doubt 
definitely a, a good thing. But I'll give you a little bit of a breakdown on what kind of player he was mm-hmm. and could have been in the NBA. We tried to use him this past season, early in the season, similar to how we tried to use uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander a couple of years ago, like a taller point guard, combination guard that could attack the basket, score, distribute. He had the potential to be a good defender with the long wingspan. He could guard some one, two, and three, and I think that versatility is what would have got him into the first round. Um, yeah, he could play on the ball, off the ball. The jump shot had to improve a little bit, but it wasn't a negative. It wasn't something that was going to hold him back from being a first-round pick. Like, the shot wasn't broken. It was just something that needed more reps because guys like that in high school can just attack the basket and score at will. Um, so I really saw, honestly, more potential in him at the NBA level than B.J. Boston, who ended up going late in the second round. And B.J. Boston came in with a little bit higher of a rep than Terrence Clark did. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like this guy would have made a roster, maybe made you know, some minutes in the NBA as a rookie. Um, but definitely by his second year, he would have been getting consistent minutes on pretty much any team that would have drafted him. Yeah. It's, uh, he uh, grew up close by uh, where I lived. I lived in North Shore, Boston. That's where I grew up. He's from uh, Dorchester, Massachusetts. So it was very nice The Celtics paid tribute. It seemed like Jalen Brown worked out with him a few times as well. It's uh, it's just crazy. I'm looking at his you know, birth date and everything. He was about four months shy five months shy of his 20th birthday it's just ah wasn't even 20 yet jesus but i'm I'm so glad the nba did this it's a it's just such a classy move on their part and um you know i think we saw it with a couple other players um i think a couple years ago there was a guy that was unable to be drafted might have been due a to uh, a condition. Isaiah Austin out of Baylor, the big man. Yep. So, really glad they're doing this. Uh, Shows that, uh, you know, the league does have have some heart. They really do. I know that my Savior lives, and at the end, he will stand on this earth. My flesh may be destroyed, yet from this body, I will see God. Yes, I will see him for myself. Long for that moment. Grandma, I really miss you and it ain't been the same. I drop a tear when I hear your name. Mariella Holloway, why you gotta be so far away? Used to say, don't worry, it's gonna be okay. But it ain't, it's like when you left, you took the Lord with you. Why couldn't I come when he came to get you? Damn, I really miss you. I had to say it again. I remember the time when I was like 10. Crept up in the neighbor's yard, yeah, being hard-headed. You told me I would get it, you said it, and boy did I get it. But after you spanked me, you hugged me, kissed me on my forehead, told me that you loved me, and I saw that it hurt you more than it hurt me. I thought, how bad could this hurt be? I know now, that's why it's only done out of love. What I wouldn't give for one more hug from Grandma.
couple of family members is gonna hate me But I'ma let you know what's been going on lately Now you know since you left, a lot of things with your kids done changed Yeah, Jackie's still crazy, don't know what's up with James Ain't seen Jerry in a while, you know he walk like you And Renee's back in jail, you know she talk like you Rekula's doing real good now, she working Rhonda's still running around, tricking, jerking Buckeye's bugging, he done lost his mind And Jarvis, back out of jail, doing fine Collie, he done changed, it ain't all about self It's for my father, well, that's something else Buzz, that's my dog, he old his grandmother down My great-grandmother, making a lot of trips out of town But that's a good thing, and if I could only hear you sing Once more, hold on, the comfort it would bring Kids and having grandkids, and since then, two of your grandkids done had kids. I had a boy named Tacoma, Xavier's brother. That's right, Xavier made you a great grandmother. I thank you for the best times of my life. I thank you for when you first met her, accepting and loving my wife. I thank you for those Sunday dinners, they were vital. I thank you for my life. I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for the song that you sang in the morning. Amazing grace. I thank you for the two beatings you gave me. Cause I know somewhere along the line, the lesson I learned from them two beatings saved me. And when you died, I cried like a baby. I begged the Lord to take me. Cause no one else could give me what you gave me. But life, like everything, comes to an end. I pray I go to heaven to see you again. Amen. shouldn't have left they wouldn't have tried that shit if i was with you maybe we would have picked another time or maybe chose another way or maybe my prayers would have convinced them to choose another soul shit it's just me mom and tony now man you look so peaceful right now how can i argue with that 
They say, they say they that the good right. die young Die young That's why I think that you should have fun When you're young Cause time won't wait for no one uh-huh. When God calls you gotta go home, go home. They say the good die young. die young That's why I know that we gon' have fun In this life cause you only get one When God calls for me don't yeah. cry Just I'm sure that home. everybody heard their mama say Every day's like this When you see one of your friends die in the midst In the struggle with the circumstances The risk that they take just to prove a point to a friend Even then, accidents are prone to happen to any man or woman That's dumb enough to pretend it, huh God will hold them accountable for sins that they commit And they try to repent the saints to repent But I guess that's the way things go I was blessed to see 24 To wake up to that how my name is video Motivated me to write what I wrote And I knew my little brother so dope and mom and daddy wanted to move our road I did it, I still got a lot to prove and show I just wish we ain't had to lose blood through the struggles as you know They say that the good die young That's why I think that you should have fun When you're young Cause time won't wait for no one When God calls, you gotta go home They say the good die young That's why I know that we gon' have fun In this life cause you only get one God call for me, don't cry, just went home I know you used to bizarre on some silly shit But niggas in my clique is dying quick In Detroit, niggas don't party They pull a 4-4 out, snatch off the parties That's why I keep the pistol under the truck I'm 27 years old, too old to be getting jumped And fuck rap, I miss Carnell Pitts B-U-G-Z, tatted on my wrist Me and you in the Jeep, listen to swing low beats It's a shame me and fuzz don't even speak I got married, my wife's name is D. Piece to 31 Yo. and 5150. I came back on that tragic day, my phone rung, and Bizarre's voice telling me Bugs was thrown home. It was like a knife piercing my chest, and I couldn't breathe. I didn't want to accept it, didn't want to believe it. I swear with his weight, dog, I cried so hard, literally. The nine had to carry me to the car, and while I stand in this booth now, it's tearing me apart. But I had to let it out, cause it was tearing at my heart. Cause he died over something so petty and so small. A human life is so very precious. I hope y'all understand how I'm feeling Cause I love you, Bugs I wanna rhyme with you, laugh with you, hug you, Bugs But I can't and you were so close to see your dreams A coward came along and took you away from the team So don't mistake this track, it's just another song This goes out to everyone who lost a loved one Cause you know They say the good die young That's why I think that you should have fun When you're young Cause time won't wait for no one When God calls, you gotta go home they say the good die young That's why I know that we gon' have fun In this life cause you only get one they say it's never too late to have an early childhood If I could turn back the hands of time, God should Forgive what I did as a kid and run blocks All my dreams are just green cops and gunshots The fun stops when your homies up in the box My duty bold, bless his soul, snuffed by the cops I used to question a lot, if there's a guy around me, say something If he loved us so much, why ain't he gave nothing? But he took my homie, slick was on again, 11th grade Now I hope to see his face at the heaven gates It ain't never late in the game, Satan remains With a joy to see slugs break through my frame My heart aches with the pain that life limits breath We gotta have fun now, there's only minutes left In the depth, the stress, youngest is sucked in To get tired, so my fallen homies, I ain't got enough skin They say that the good die young, die young why I think that you should have fun When you're young, cause time won't wait for no one 
knock on, she gotta go home. They say the good die young. That's why I know that we gon' have fun. In this life, cause you only get one. Knock off for me, don't cry, just went home. When I was younger, I knew four brothers that wasn't wise. That crashed and the driver died. My partner on the passenger side was paralyzed. And I'm surprised by the look of that ride that the other two survived. Nine months later, another one died. Somebody shot him in the side when he was starting up his ride. Three years go by, I made a hell of a run. And that's when Spunky got done. Joey playing with guns and Tuki over funds. Cardi was my man. And Reggie, I wish that I was with you in that van. And Bugs, if it wasn't for you, you know I wouldn't be standing in this booth. And that's the truth. I miss y'all. They say that the good die young. Die young. So I think that you should have fun when you're young. It's time all the way for no one. You gotta go home They say the good die young That's why I know that we gon' have fun In this life cause you only get one Not call for me, don't cry, just went home They say that the good die young That's why I think that you should have fun When you're young Cause time won't wait for no one Not cause you gotta go home They say the good die young That's why I know that we gon' have fun this life cause you only get one Got caught, fuck it, don't cry, just went home
his ignorance with a response Left to a crowded foster home by a 15 year old mom Never been held in anyone's arms when you never been moved It's really hard to move on A young saleswoman sets up shop when the sun sets Should make the wildest dreams come true At a price you won't forget the sad Married set up alibis, no harm, no regret Hoping they meet an angel in bed that could wrestle the devil right out of their heads The city runs fast, no one has time to sit with themselves No time to look into our pain or see the same despair But everyone else is here, it's there, it's everywhere Tears soak each card the dealers dealt Time taught me how to see every second as heaven Even though they're perfectly disguised as hell And I refuse to let past bruises cover the light It ain't all good, but it's all good enough so I know I'm alright Agony is truth It's our connection to the living I accept it as perfection And keep on existing in the now I can only build if I tear the walls down Even if it breaks me I will let it make me frown I'm falling but no matter how hard I hit the ground I'll still smile I can only build if I tear the walls down and if it breaks me, I won't let it make me frown Falling, but no matter how hard I hit the ground I'll still smile Ear to ear, as if that's all I'm here for Despite the wars, founded by the rich Funded by the poor, kids barely 18 are dying So billionaires can make more Elsewhere, hungry mothers watch the baby starve To death in a beat-up shack on a dirt floor The aged professor quotes freedoms without a path Now he dresses like a widow and preaches Love is dead in every class But curiosity killed the cat and taught the dog and him how to act Burned his bridge to Jill so he tries to drown the guilt with a bottle of Jack Self-proclaimed rebels say we must oppose the system Gotta take a stand If you're not against them, you're with them The science reads, support the troops Bring them home, no more innocent victims But when a homeless veteran asks for spare change They're too busy protesting to even listen And I'm no different I live in conflict and contradiction But it can be so beautiful When I don't reject what lies within It's beautiful the way agony connects us to the living I think of the world when I hurt And keep on existing in the now I can only build if I tear the walls down even if it breaks me, I won't let it make me frown I'm falling, but no matter how hard I hit the ground I'll still smile I can only build if I tear the walls down Even if it breaks me, I won't let it make me frown I'm falling, but no matter how hard I hit the ground I'll still smile about a week ago now but this i'm telling you right off the bat guys this isn't going to be a long one 
because there's a lot of plot twists early on in the movie. But Anguish, that well, first of all, the movie has Michael Lerner, who you may know as one of the bad guys from Blank Check, and it has Zelba Rubenstein, who um, you know was the uh, the medium psychic in uh, the original Poltergeist movies. Very very cool actress. Uh, she passed away years back, but uh, has a one of a kind voice uh, that uh, you you'd recognize right away from hearing it. And uh, this this was made by a Spanish director. This film, Anguish, and it just it takes some real twists and turns that I was not expecting. I mean, even at the beginning, I I was really into the movie as well because you got two great actors, you know, chewing up the scene. It was real great, and then it just it takes a turn left field. And even like the pacing at the beginning, I was like, this is just, this is just like throwing away like all the normal rules that you'd see from an American horror movie. So that threw me off. It, it was very refreshing to see. Um, that's all I'm going to say. But, but this gets the tier four rating. This is something, it's not on Blu ray yet. I really hope they release it the Blu ray someday. Because, God, what a crazy movie this was. Uh, Anguish, 1987. Uh, uh, look for it out there. I I would suggest buying the DVD, but, you know, I've, I'm kind of always doing things on the fly. I, it's hard to find the DVD. I found it on a website. Just, you know, Google Anguish 1987 full movie. But this is a tier four Abbey rate, uh, not Abbey, uh, tier four uh, rating that we that doesn't have a name yet. We haven't named the tier four. So tier one doesn't have a name. Tier two is the Abbey rating. Tier three is the Alice rating. And tier four to be determined.